0: Warning, this podcast contains adult language and is not suited for children.
1: I swear we're going to try not to be too negative tonight. I swear. We're fresh off the Royal Rumble. I watched it live one day ago. You watched it live in your house whenever the hell you felt like it. Probably out of order. That's fine. I swear we're not going to be too negative we're going to be pretty negative about this one. I'm Joe. He's Drake. This is the squared circle. Sit down. We're here to talk about wrestling each and every week this week. It's the Royal rumble. Thank you again for joining us on your podcast platform of choice. I'll get that right. One week, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcast, Google Podcast, anchor. I remembered all five this week. And you can also check us out on YouTube where you can like, share comment and please subscribe. Give us some feedback. We like your feedback. And I'm going to quickly toss things over to Drake. He's at the Lion Knight 42 over on Twitter. And you can also find us at squared circle sit down over on Twitter as well. Drake, what'd you think about the rumble?
0: <sighs> so do you remember how we ended last week's episode?
1: I think so. I think we were like, yeah, we're excited. Let's do this.
0: And how there was every chance we'd come back this week. And what were we going to say?
1: What we're about to say right now.
0: Oh, man. <sighs> this year's Royal Rumble happened. I'm almost out of positive things to say, but it happened. It yeah. went off. It didn't go off without a hitch. They almost burnt the place down. But <laughs> but it happened.
1: It hurts me. It hurts me so much because I'm usually so excited for this show. And mm. even a bad rumble is usually pretty good it gives you something but this is like this is like a lethargic real rumble this is one where it was like all right i it was long about four hours long if you watch the pre-show like five. Oh man i by the they, time we got to the men's royal rumble i was asleep
0: and it I was, absolutely felt like it. every minute of those four hours
1: yeah there were some pieces of excitement at a certain at certain points in time i'll give them that and i think we'll get to that I don't want to just like go off on all the good things. And then we talk for an hour and 45 minutes on all the bad things or what we didn't like. I won't just call it bad.
0: So you admit we're going to go more than an hour 45 today.
1: Yeah. Like hour 50, five minutes. Good hour. 45 bad. (laughs) I'll be fair. Do you want to take things from the top? Do you want to just go in order down the match card?
0: Yeah. I I think it's probably best. We we go from the top. Let's go from the top. That way we don't get all the good stuff out of the way first.
1: Okay, that that's fair. Yeah. Although, actually, for me, maybe it will. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it will. So, up first, they, they open the night with Seth freaking Rollins versus Roman Reigns. It's funny Would- because I actually am looking at the Wikipedia page, and he's billed as Seth freaking Rollins.
0: Yeah, I was going to say today is the day I learned that that's his official name
1: now. Yeah, all right. Same. <laughs> I liked this match. I thought it was possibly the match of the night, which is crazy to say because it didn't have a lot of competition.
0: I I think it was match of the night. For me, it wasn't moment of the night. But, I mean, coming out of the gate, they did everything right. Right? Um, like, Roman sold the whole... Rollins coming out to the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff really well. Rollins definitely was connecting with the crowd. People were hyped to see it. It was cool. Um, I appreciate that they didn't need to directly lean on, like, Moxley or anything like that. They were able to do this and just have it be about them, which is really cool.
1: Although they did mention Moxley.
0: Oh, sure, but that's not quite the same thing.
1: No, that's fair, but this is one of the few times that... He's been mentioned by WWE as Moxley. Yes, yes. And not a uh, Dean Ambrose. Who? Yeah, exactly. That that's Bobby. Bobby oh. Who.
0: Okay, Bobby Who. The germaphobe guy, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah,
1: that's the guy.
0: And that was a that was a wild trip that I'll never forget about.
1: And they wonder why he left. I don't know why he left. Man. <laughs>
0: Man. Okay. 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 Let's, let's, let's stay, let's stay focused though. Let's not, we have to fight the dipping
1: into negativity, <laughs> Right. I like this match because it came out the gate and it did exactly what it was going to do. They sold the story. As you said, like they sold the story really well. The whole thing being Seth Rollins is, you know, the, in the shield triangle Rollins beats Reigns when they have one-on-one ma- matches, right? That's how that works. They sold that going into it. They sold, he, Seth is the architect of the shield. So what does that actually mean? They never really explained it. Oh, he's the one who put it all together. He's the one who knows the other two better than they know themselves. He's the one who can beat them and take them apart if they need to, if he needs to. Okay, cool. Bet. I get that. And then he comes out with, as you said, the shield entrance, the shield gear. He hits all of his moves aside from the Phoenix splash, which he still goes for and is Beating the crap out of Reigns for the beginning of this match in a way that we have not seen somebody do that, I think, since Reigns has gone all tribal chief. So he's the one who's really taking it to him. And we said this before, well, you said it specifically for Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor, at also at the Royal Rumble, where it felt like going into it, okay. Finn doesn't have a chance in hell. There's no way he wins this match. But in the match itself, there's that, like, glimmer of there's a chance of maybe. And Seth, I think people would give him more of a shot in this match with Roman than you would have given Finn against uh, Brock. But uh, for me, anyway, there wasn't a chance in hell of Seth winning this match, right? Like, this is Roman going all the way through whatever WrestleMania he can wrestle through holding this championship. And Seth is not beating me here. But they did a pretty good job, at least after that curb stomp, of eh, maybe, you know, maybe there's something that I don't know. Maybe they're going to swerve us. Maybe Reigns is the guy who enters the Rumble later and goes on and faces Brock, right? Maybe that's how they're going to do it. Oh, that's not how it went, obviously, but I'd give them a chance on that. And yeah. I, I give props to the even the DQ finish of, they still kept the whole, like, you know, Seth Beats Reigns thing going if they ever want to pull that out again.
0: So I agree with you almost up until that moment, right? They did a really good job telling the story and they did a really good job presenting things the way they did. Um, And I do respect the idea of keeping that sort of what, what used to be a rock, paper, scissors, although it loses a lot of weight now that they don't have all the pieces to keep that going. At the same time... Rollins loses nothing really by losing here. Uh, Reigns doesn't need to get DQ'd here, really. We already have seen, and they've already planted seeds for him being a little more unsteady and being distracted and, and what have you. And uh, man, it it felt like more of like something you've said. More of the non-committal nature of the WWE, right? Where we know, and especially now in retrospect, we know what's coming, right? And there's only so long we can put off the inevitable at this point. Lesnar Reigns is going to happen. There's no question. So don't give us this story that already kind of felt like it was pulled out of thin air that now has a non-ending where the only real resolution we can get from it is, is what? Rollins beats him in a non-title match to get his win back with interference from Lesnar or something like that? It doesn't feel like there's any real way to go from here where anyone benefits. It, it felt like filler. Filler for the sake of filler. And to to jump from one fandom to another for a moment. As any Naruto fan will tell you, filler is a nightmare. <laughs>
1: oh well yeah that that's fair that's fair unfortunately lots of Royal rumble title matches are very filler matches these now they have like two or three pay-per-views between the rumble and mania where they used to have just none or one and uh those would usually be the filler ones now these become the filler ones but personally i'm cool with the dq i would have liked the dq to come from the chair shots versus the the guillotine choke being held for too long. I like the whole thing of Roman actually feels like he's so pissed off that he loses himself in this moment. And Seth is the guy that brought him there. Seth is the one guy who maybe can bring him to that point because he just like messes with his head so much that he's like, Oh, Hey, you're the guy who broke up the shield. You're the guy who uh, chair shotted me in the back if he had done that and Charles Robinson made kind of called an audible of like, I'm going to pull you off of him. And then he gets up snaps at Charles Robinson and sees Seth, maybe slowly stirring, crawling up, goes and gets the chair and is like, no, you did this to me. I'm doing this to you. Screw this. I don't care about winning this match right now. I'm putting you in the ground. If he had done something like that and that were the DQ rather than the DQ first, and then they earn the DQ after the finish, I think that would have been a little bit better but I think this is one of those things that this isn't one of those shows that people are going to go back and watch very often so I'm just going to look at it on paper and say okay whatever they got the finish the way they needed to get the finish. I liked everything about the match up until the finish much better than the finish but at this point like again it's the match of the night for the body of work and Man, it's unfortunate that it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think the other problem with it that I have is that it's the first match of the night. So it, it and it, it coming right before the women's rumble, you built energy, built energy, built the crowd, built the crowd, built the crowd. And then you just burned it all off with that oh, finish. Yeah. Right. Because also it's not like he went rabid is the other problem. Right, so we've definitely seen that like skewering of Roman away from the like calm, methodical, almost like mafia don guy, and especially with with this this event, but it it didn't feel like he went far enough. Also, really, uh, so so it really by the time it was done, the energy kind of had petered out for the crowd, and it needed to be sort of rebuilt for the women's rumble, which I mean they did for a time but but i i just feel like if you knew this was going to be the result do something else first do becky and do drop first i mean if we're being honest right that that match is a, it's a throwaway match i understand not wanting to put it on first but at the same time you then at least get the benefit of being like well cool we know becky is the women's champion who's going to maybe face her or do man there was just not enough on the... Do the, the mixed tag match first. People oh, yeah. will lose yeah. their minds having Edge out there. Miz knows how to how to like build a crowd. It was a fine match with a fine finish that could have been really safe in that spot. Then do the Women's Rumble. Then you can either do Becky Dewdrop to let people come off the burnout. Then you do uh, uh, R- Roman Rollins, but then you have the problem of Roman Rollins leading into Lashley Lesnar... So, I I think they just kind of booked themselves into a corner with the matches tonight, which also sort of comes with the territory of not doing any real long-term booking.
1: Yeah, this is a problem they've had for a while with, like, the two Rumbles on the same card, because they don't want to do them back-to-back. So, uh, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view usually was a card that only had, like, uh, four to six matches. And this one has six, but two of them are an hour-long each. So that's a big problem. So it it generally lends itself to like, well, if you're going to have six matches, you have to break up the rumbles. Uh, Personally, I think maybe you should start the night with a rumble and end the night with a rumble and just do everything else in the middle. And I think that works out best, but um, if you're going to do one before one of the rumbles, I don't think it should be a title match. Just exactly what you just said. Uh, I think it should have been the mixed tag and then, do all the title matches in a row, and then whatever. You could just alternate, do um, Reigns and and, uh, Seth, and then do the women's title match, and then do the other men's title match, and then the men's rumble. I I don't think that would have been a problem. But uh, it was a point I was going to bring up anyway about the match order, and I think there are reasons why with Brock and everything later on. So I think we'll get to that.
0: So then the women's rumble happened. And so like like you said I also have the wikipedia page open. And it's kind of funny as I scroll through it. I'm going to take half a second and count something if that's all right. 2 cool. 4 I wonder five, if you're counting
1: the same thing I'm, I counted before.
0: 8 So 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 Okay, 30 women. Yep. 14 of them. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, 14 because I'm not going to count the winner. 14 of them are either not currently contracted or yes. not currently active talent on this their roster. This is
1: exactly the same thing that I yeah. I counted before.
0: And I kind of want to get this part For out me. of the, Yeah, and I want to get this part out of the way now cuz there are a couple of positives that I want to talk about. It, it's like a what's the term? It's like a compliment sandwich where let's yeah. talk about this negative thing now, then there's a couple positives and then we're going to talk about the match overall, and that's going to be unfortunate. But, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I love rumbles that have a lot of the, like, surprise people. I'm I'm usually in favor of that. I enjoy when they bring in a, a handful of people who you don't expect to see or who haven't been around for a while, do the, like, surprise return, even if they don't win. I was happy seeing a, a very large handful of the people that I saw that's very telling of their roster and the way that they've set up the women on their roster. Especially when you look at some of the people who haven't been there. Uh, I know last week we spe- we spoke a bit about how Oscar is back, right? We saw her already.
1: I, I think, I don't know if we saw her if or if I just read something that she's ah, okay. about cleared to be ready to go.
0: Okay. So, I think it's a good idea not having her in this, but I also acknowledge that that's me looking at it as someone who still looks at her with insanely high stock, and that's not always how they see her. Um, Alexa Bliss was another name pretty obviously absent, but I can understand it if they're still doing these therapy vignettes and they're trying to slow burn away the fiend gimmick or double down on it because I'm still not really sure which way they're going with it. And they, they could go either way. Uh, but there were also just some names that I did not want to see. And I'm kind of disappointed were there.
1: That's fair. Because I I looked at the exact same thing you looked at. Because it's so telling. It, there were zero people from NXT in either Rumble.
0: Yeah. yeah which is combined.
1: No, none. Crazy. And yet you bring back, I, I think there are four or five people in this match who are in the Hall of Fame. And, okay, cool, you you have a couple of people who technically aren't on a roster, but they're still active talent. That's, like, Sonia technically is, like, a non-roster person, but she's an active talent for the company, so that that's fine. But when you look at the people in this match, every single one who is currently active on one show or another raw or smackdown every single one is a known quantity there's somebody that's been around for years usually the one exception is alia she's the one exception who has been with the company a long time but has not never really shown up for anything like this before like this is her first year like her first year of main roster tenure so she got a hell of a showing in terms of lasting a long time didn't do anything you know combined her and who was it Uh, Liv Morgan I think lasted an hour combined both of them lasted pretty much the entire match and eliminated no one it's nuts it's absolutely nuts like you usually for matches like this have somebody who's like I'm going to eliminate five to 10 people. And then a second person is going to eliminate five to 10 people. And then a third one's going to eliminate a handful. And that's where you get the bulk of your elimination. So you build people as these forces where when they get eliminated, it's a big deal. You had somebody out there really early, Sasha Banks, who doesn't make it out of the first like 10 people. Okay. Maybe she's still hurt. Maybe she couldn't go that long. Okay. But still like nothing.
0: So, Two two things I wanna I wanna bank off that with. Uh the first one is you know it's it's funny that you mentioned it because I was going to talk at one point about how it feels like their stock in Liv Morgan really is going up because she wasn't there for 37 minutes, yep. which is wild. That's great. Good for her. She's,
1: she's considered she was considered a favorite by a lot of people.
0: But she got zero eliminations. You couldn't have her eliminate anybody that's that's crazy to me uh but as to the sasha thing which as a quick aside sasha bank sailor moon so cool very awesome love to see it really kind of committed to that that costume and like whoo, that was dope but i completely understand her being eliminated early she's a big like crowd favorite she is someone people can rally behind and if they did nothing else this year, in both Rumbles, they did a really good job of controlling who was in the match when the winners that they knew would be divisive showed up so that there were only so many people they could maybe rally behind, and they cleaned it up very quickly.
1: Yes, that's very true. And the winners weren't these people who just came in, eliminated one person and one. They were there. They showed up. They beat up the ring. They eliminated, like, I think four and five people respectively maybe i'm wrong by that but like if, if i am i'm off by one person that's no big deal so they did a, a reasonably good job at the end of these matches i think but the middle portion like if you want to divide it into the the first 10 the middle 10 the last 10 the middle 10s for both of them felt so weak Because there's usually just like... In in this one, it was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And they both came in in 16 and 17. The first portion was the whole Sonya Deville and Naomi feud. Okay, fine. I felt like that was too late and should have come in earlier. Like, if you swapped them with, like, Bianca Belair, who came in at number eight and lasted almost an hour, and I think eliminated one person. So... You swap them with, like, say Sonya Deville comes in at number 8, and Bianca comes in at, like, 12 or 13 or something. Okay, cool. Now you have somebody to get more excited about later into the match rather than earlier, and you could have had Sasha last, like, another five minutes just to have something going on.
0: Which kind of brings me to another issue I had with the Thrumble, where, so this particular one had some really fun moments and I want to talk about those in a minute. But before we do, I got to get this out of the way. There was nothing happening. You're, you're so right, especially in, in like the Sonia and Naomi thing, which I have some stuff to say about too, but there was so little happening at any given time that it almost felt difficult to watch because it was just not entertaining enough. And then you'd have those those moments and those spots that were kind of fun or exciting, and then they'd end, and it would be right back to, there's just nothing of merit going on in the ring.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to just really quickly, I'm going to run this down for a little bit. Sasha comes out at number one. Awesome. Fan favorite, realistically could be the first woman to go coast to coast and win the whole thing, right? Bet. number two melina surprise return awesome
0: very Last excited thing. about yeah
1: yeah awesome looks like she's gonna cry because she's back and finally gets to have this and then she's out on her ass in like you know 30 seconds yep okay number three tamina nobody cares number four kelly kelly yay she's back nobody cares
0: wait 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 okay hold on now i'm offended two things that's one slander? well there are two things one A lot of people cared because Tamina, because she single-handedly makes this match make no sense so many times. Oh, my God. two, yeah, we're going to get to that. And two, no, not yay, Kelly Kelly's back. What a fucking waste. If I was a woman in this Royal Rumble, I'm offended that one of these slots went to Kelly Kelly. You have NXT women's talent who are waiting for an opportunity. You have NXT UK talent who are waiting for an opportunity. You have people on your main rosters, and you give a spot to this woman who has never once had a half-decent match in her life? No, fuck that. No, yay, Kelly Kelly. Get the fuck Uh, out of here.
1: Hold on to that, because we'll get back to it really soon. Don't worry. All right, number five, Aaliyah. Okay, here's somebody where it's like, all right, I, I understand. You're trying to build her. You gave her that roll-up win over Natty. So now she has like a record book win. Uh, okay, cool. You're doing something with her. She's not going to win. You get her in early. She gets experience. Cool. Number six, Live. The first person that you can really take seriously after number one is number six. Okay. Seven, Queen Zelina. Not going to win. Whatever. Uh, number eight, Bianca. Okay, cool. But by this point, you're already losing like Sasha. So, all right, fine. You're you're down to two people in the ring to really care about. Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair. Nine, Dana Brooke. Okay, whatever. Ten, Michelle McCool. Okay, whatever.
0: Okay, hang on. So, I, I hope it's okay. Every so often, I'm going to interject here. Oh,
1: that's fine.
0: Okay, so Dana Brooke has had an, just an incredible turnaround almost entirely as a person, right? Yeah. And as someone who doesn't watch the product from week to week anymore... There was a moment where I honestly had to go. Did they Alexa Bliss Dana Brooke? Did they just straight up recast? her? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so that was that was mind blowing. Also, fuck Selena Vega, um, she's a scab, and yeah, Michelle McCool. Fine, whatever. Who cares?
1: Proceed. Okay, Michelle's the the first real like the the first legend coming in that you could take seriously probably since Molina. Except for the fact that Melina didn't last, Michelle did. That's the difference. And for Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke has a following because people actually want her to succeed.
0: Yeah, I was a, I was a big fan of hers for a long time when I was like watching the product because even when she wasn't like clicking, you know, she she had a good look, she had a good move set, she could do things that not everyone could do. She was incredibly acrobatic for somebody who was as like muscular as she was. It was it was very impressive overall, and I always and I always like seeing her do well because she also just felt really earnest as a as a character and a person.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I think that she's gone through a lot personally, and she's rebounded, and she seems like happier and healthier. And the company seems to care that she's happier and healthier, which is a good thing. I, she's the reigning twenty four seven champion, which, I, you know figure what that's going to lead to i don't know i
0: but... yeah, didn't see that coming
1: yeah exactly so I, she at least is on tv and she's doing things so that's cool um i think we made it to number 11 which is sonia and this is where you start doing like the angle with her and naomi where she's the gm authority figure she's not going to actually enter the match because she can do that she gets to make up the rules blah 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 all that crap okay whatever this happens every so often where somebody enters the Rumble but doesn't actually enter the ring right away. It's fine. 12, you get Natty, who is never going to win one of these, but she's always going to be there. Okay, fine. 13, you get Cameron. Are we going back to Natty or are we going to Cameron?
0: No, we're, we're going to Cameron.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: everything I said about Kelly, Kelly, I, I echo here. But I can at least understand why they wanted to bring her in for what they did with her. But the last times that we saw Naomi and Cameron on television together, in the ring, backstage, whatever you want it to be, they hated each other. This was a tag team that split up uh, on bad terms, had a rivalry, had that rivalry end, reignited it later on, and then got rid of one of them with zero uh, 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 closure to this story. And now here we are going, oh, yeah, they're closer than friends. Obviously, they love each other. And also the really nice uh, uh, added bonus of Sonya Deville literally going, who the fuck is
1: that? I have
0: no idea who this person fucking
1: is. Please explain to me why I should be angry she exists. Yes.
0: And just... God damn it.
1: Okay, but fine. You filled the slot and you actually made it fit to a storyline. And she was in there like 10 seconds, so who cares, right?
0: 50 seconds
1: oh no the worst so right after comes naomi because the numbers are completely random and then you pay off the the whole thing of sonia gets eliminated naomi gets eliminated cameron's already eliminated okay they're all gone that whole angle ends in like three people in the rumble fine none of them last to continue cool 15 carmella no chance in hell winning this thing, but you finally get an actual team in there. So, oh, look, they can double-team people. How many people do they double-team and eliminate? Zero. Zero.
0: Not to mention, um, so I was aware that Carmelo wore a mask now. I had read about it a couple times. What nobody had told me at any point and that I had not seen because she hasn't really been on any pay-per-views recently is that it's a gimp mask. Didn't realize it was a gimp mask. Kind of curious about what's going on with that in the Carmella Reggie relationship they had at one point, not the roles I would have expected. So I'm very surprised here. Um Although with Corey's attitude, I guess it's not the most surprising.
1: Yeah. It looks like she skinned him and wears his, his like face as, as a mask. It's really bad. It's, kind of, I, I mean, whatever. You're going to do something crazy with a character, you're going to do something crazy with a character.
0: Sure. And I'm not opposed, like, look, I'm not opposed to masking wrestlers. I'm not opposed to masking wrestlers with, with like, human being names and having them keep those right. human being names instead okay. of having a mask name. Not everyone has to be Fuego, not everyone has to be, uh, you know, a uh, uh, globally renowned wrestler, El Infinito. At least go beyond... Studded gimp mat, like it was bad. I understand, like jokes aside, I understand that it it's supposed to kind of look like an homage to to Mick Foley's mankind mask, uh, but it doesn't. It really doesn't play well at all.
1: No, it's bad. And her performance, I mean, it's Carmella. You're only going to get so much out of Carmella. I don't want to sit here and trash talk Carmella, but she comes out at 15. Okay, whatever, who cares? So we've hit now with the exception of Naomi. We haven't had somebody pop the crowd really since maybe Michelle McCool, if you want to count her. And if not before that, Bianca Belair at number eight. So we hit 15. That's a problem. 16 brings it back with rear ripple. Okay, so you have your first legitimate contender coming in at 16 again. Last one, number eight. Bet. All right. 17, Charlotte Flair. Okay, here you go. It's starting to pick up again. 18, got to bring it back down a little bit. We go to ivory. Returning with the right to censor gimmick, which is awesome. And I said bring it back down in terms of contenders, not in terms of like (laughs) actual popping the crowd, because this was awesome.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, this is maybe one of the best spots in this match, is it her is. getting in the, is getting on the apron, getting in the ring, talking about how terrible these women are, because they should be at home making sandwiches, and promptly getting eliminated by Rhea Ripley without dropping the mic or stopping the promo one time.
1: Awesome. So awesome. And she gets eliminated by, like, the antithesis of what she is in Rhea Ripley, who is just... Like this nightmare demon woman eliminating this like super stuck up right to censor woman, and uh, it it was great. It is great. It kind of keeps rolling a little bit here with the return of Brie Bella. Who I say what you want about the Bella twins, they're over with the crowd. I, I'll take Brie Bella. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm a pretty open not fan of the Bellas. But at the same time, for the lack of experience, understanding, and talent that they show in the ring, they – look, no, It look, it's true. But, but even with all of that out there, they did play a big role in getting women where they are today, if in no other way than being incredibly vocal and boosting other voices using the platforms that they had that other women didn't. So, you know, I, I will never be – upset seeing them have a spot in something like this they deserve it they've they've earned it yes, completely definitely. separated from from any talent or understanding of, of
1: the business of all the people to make a return in the royal rumble match these two i would give a spot every single year because they can do the exact same thing every single year over and over again and it will work yeah. and it's fine and neither of them have to win they can eliminate a couple of people between them and it's fine that's totally fine it, it serves a purpose Number 20 is a big deal.
0: Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Because we got Mickey games.
0: And it's actually kind of funny when you think about it. So we didn't talk about this at the beginning, but Mickey is not the only person currently active in another company that has weekly shows that's in this rumble. Molina is part of NWA and she was number two, which I think is really cool. Now, granted, this is probably not going anywhere. I don't think we're going to see a big forbidden door thing. Like we kind of sort of did with AEW, but it's it's still cool to see if for no other reason than, you know, they had slots they had to fill and saw an opportunity for good PR. The other thing I'll say is I was really curious coming into this, whether she would use the terrible WWE Mickie James theme or hardcore country. And I was very appreciative of the choice they made.
1: Yes. And they acknowledged it on commentary, which was good.
0: And she had the belt.
1: Yes, they acknowledge the championship. They they put it on her like nameplate lower third of Impact Women's Champion. That's an awesome moment. It's a huge moment. This is something that we got kind of back in the 90s with like some crossovers with Japan and Mexico and stuff where you'd have somebody coming in and they would acknowledge, "Hey, they're from another country. They're from another company. They're not going to stick around here, but like hey, they could win the Royal Rumble."
0: It's not like back when certain people debuted or returned when they had to be like, yeah, they were gone for a while. Or overseas back when they were for some reason allergic of the, the words New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: We've never heard of the country of Japan. Never heard of it. We'll induct Inoki into the Hall of Fame, but we will not tell you that he's from Japan.
0: No, he's from a place across the sea.
1: He seems pretty Asian. Where's Asia? We don't know.
0: And then after Mickey James, we have another one that I was actually pretty excited for. Number 21 was Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. Yes, yes. Then with the way that she exited the company and the way that she kind of walked away from the business after she did, it was really unfortunate. I'm a pretty big fan of hers. Um, One of the most beautiful Northern light suplex bridges in the business. Uh, And she, for all her, like, for all the talk about her. When she was able to perform, she was usually a very good hand, and I don't mean that in a bad way. She was really good at helping other people get over. She was great at the comedic spots. She was a great crazy pants. It worked, and it was awesome seeing her again, and she looked like she was doing well, which is was, which was nice.
1: Yeah, all of that is great. I You usually in the 20s have a couple of cool-down spots, and I don't want to necessarily just say Alicia Fox is a cool-down spot but you usually have three or four, maybe fewer entrances where you know they're not going to win, they don't really pop the crowd that big, they don't contribute a ton to the match, but you need fodder for people who are going to come out late, like the really big guns to come in and just start chucking people.
0: I don't think Major Guns was in this match.
1: Haha, But we do have some Major Guns coming. Uh, Not yet, though, because next was Nikki Bella. So no, actually I skipped wrong. Nikki, Nikki Ash was uh, almost a superhero, except she's a supervillain. You
0: mean almost a supervillain, yeah.
1: Yes, uh, V. This know. was,
0: you... yeah, yeah. I don't know, but this this was also the day that I learned Nikki Ash has become a, a supervillain. Yes. yes, and in the course of one, two, three, four, in the course of five people who would come out next. That's how long it took me to go from, well, this is stupid. They didn't even change her, her like look or her name or anything to being completely sold on it.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it because she's been doing the thing where she's like, no, I'm the hero. I'm doing it right. And sometimes heroes have to do things that people don't like.
0: Wrestling has more than one Royal family.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And so she she's doing that. She's but she's doing it really well. Uh, she turned on Rhea Ripley after the team split up because Nikki was like, Okay, don't worry. We're just gonna go get our tag team championships back. And Rhea's like, yeah, but like I could just go become number one contender again. Like I was doing fine before you, I'll do fine after you. And Nikki's like, No, I don't like that. And she's like, why are you booing me? I'm a superhero. Well, almost the superhero. And superheroes can do things like that because they have to do what's right. And I get to define what's right because I'm the superhero. So I think there's a lot of room for her to to work with that character. And that's pretty cool.
0: But but she really does need a new outfit. It's so bad.
1: Oh, eventually, I, I hope so. When she embraces it and goes full villain, that's when I hope she like completely redefines the look again
0: or it has to at least start like degrading right it, it she needs to start having like parts of the suit get dirty or like torn and ripped as yes. we see her just yeah as we see her just sort of start going insane again which will always be her like best place to be she's so good at that
1: yep number 23 summer ray Repeat so much of what you said earlier
0: And the internet rejoiced
1: <laughs> Oh man
0: They did okay. look there's been a big push for her To be back though Really yeah there was Not not so much this year but in the last few years There has been a small But very vocal contingent on like Twitter that have been Clamoring for Summer Rae to come back With that said uh, Yeah yeah re- wash rinse and repeat The other stuff that I've said
1: Exactly exactly number 24 you complete the bellas with nikki okay this is when bellas start ganging up on people they get a couple of eliminations all right fine that's their role
0: then number 25 is why we're gonna get a couple of extra covid uh results next week
1: uh yay sarah logan she gets to show up for five seconds i think headbutt somebody and that gets eliminated okay we
0: also had had her make live cry
1: yeah, because you get the, oh, look, it's two thirds of the Riot Squad. We're not going to call them the Riot Squad right now because that would allude to somebody else who's in a different company who maybe we extended the invite to, but she's definitely not here.
0: I, I think you're fooling yourself if you think they extended the invite. They're not.
1: Yeah, they may not pay attention to where people actually are now.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: So we get to 26. And this is where I think the rest of the match is actually pretty great. Uh, okay great might be an overstatement but definitely good and 26 is the return of lita and i said last week where 26 is the highest number that has never produced a winner and lita had been feuding with charlotte so there's always the chance of you getting lita versus charlotte and if you're going to do a throwback person to win the rumble lita's not a bad choice i think you could advocate for her or trish maybe as being like the top picks of like oh yeah you know cement it one of these two, they didn't have a chance to do it back in the day. Give it to him now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. She comes out. She looks good in the ring. I'm going to strictly talk about it in the ring. Um, you know, she's in shape, otherwise, like uh, nothing against Lena, but she looks This is just such
0: a weird distinction. I'm sorry. This is a really weird uh, distinction.
1: You know, you've me. seen enough guys, <laughs> I'll specify guys, return over the years. Especially in the Rumble for a surprise. And it's like, oh man, they do not look like they're in shape. They do not look like they can go. They do not look like they're taking care of themselves. Oh man, please check on them. Lita, none of those things apply.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah. So she looked good in the ring. Like she looks like she can still go. She looks maybe like a half step behind some of the people that are currently active, but of course she's not having regular wrestling matches. So fine. No worries. She's out there. She's the one who eliminates Mickey James, which fine. I think that's okay because you don't want to put heat on someone currently, although why not just have a heel do it? I, I don't know if this is a callback to her retirement match where she lost to Mickey, but like that's so up in the air. I, I don't know.
0: I I mean it's fine. I don't I don't think there was any reason to have anyone specifically eliminate her, because she's you know she, we know she's not here for more than a night. We know we're not going anywhere with it. I don't think anyone who was in the match at that point really gets any anything out of eliminating her. So like whatever, I I think it's fine for it to just exist as a spot where it's like okay, this is safe. We don't potentially destroy whatever tiny bits of goodwill we created having her here by putting one of our talent over her. It's, you know, this Hall of Famer who is renowned as one of the best women of all time, and you know, fine.
1: Who was actually like a peer of Mickey James at one point. So yeah, that's that's a pretty good point. 27, we get mighty Molly Holly.
0: And this is where I go from Jesus Christ, they're still doing Nicky Ash to
1: Yeah. It's great. Absolutely great. The attacking her before she even gets in, ripping her cape off, it, it's awesome stuff. I That's pop- exactly what the character needs to be.
0: Yeah, I popped a little bit for uh, for her coming out too, which made it perfect. I'm like, oh, should it's Mighty Molly. That's really funny. I haven't seen this in forever. This is great. And then she just
1: gets completely blindsided. By it. <laughs> yeah, Nikki Ash is like, I'll show you hardcore country. And then you might as well just cap this Rumble at 28, right? Because number 28, you Ooh. get the return of your winner, Ronda Rousey.
0: Yeah, this this happened. Um, Team UFC bringing home a win. You know, got to get that forbidden door open somewhere.
1: Reports came out like the day of the Rumble, or maybe the day before the Rumble of her coming back, her signing a new deal, her probably coming back to SmackDown. Maybe next week, something like that. Yeah, oh, we'll get to that.
0: So, oh, no.
1: Yeah, so Ronda returns. I said to somebody else, I was like, all right, going into this, if she's there, she's probably in the Rumble. If she's in the Rumble, she wins the Rumble. I don't think there's anything else you could say about that, because why not? She has built-in stories with both Charlotte and Becky, who are the current champions. She is Ronda Rousey. She has not been seen in WWE since she lost in the main event of WrestleMania two years ago. Well, two and a half years ago now, right? 2019? Yeah, 2019. Man, it's 2022.
0: Okay. Well, we lost the whole year. It's okay.
1: Exactly. I'm just going to skip ahead briefly. Number 29 is Shotzi. Okay, fine, no chance, but you have to put somebody there. And number 30, worth a mention, Shayna Baszler. Shayna coming out with Ronda in the ring gets acknowledged of, hey, look, peer of Ronda Rousey. Okay, there's something that might happen here. Nothing happens, which kind of sucks. I
0: don't know. They had a nice little moment.
1: Yeah, they, but they, they had. Were, they don't double team anybody, and they don't t- uh, touch each other really. Like they don't have any contact.
0: They have. They have the square up. Like they're they're teasing it. And if Ronda's gonna be on SmackDown, Shane is on SmackDown. We have time. We can get back to it. Especially if uh, well, if we acknowledge the fact that that means we're going to have the battle of the egos at WrestleMania, which is. An interesting decision. We'll talk more about this in a second when we get to the, like the end of the match and the ramifications of the winner of the Royal Rumble, but
1: next match.
0: Oh yeah. But I I think that this definitely uh, uh, is fine. They teased it. They teased it and that's all we really needed.
1: Yeah. I just hope it's not one of those things where they tease it and never go back to it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, plans uh, change.
1: Yeah. So I think the last, at least like five people in this rumble maybe well uh, drop out sarah logan and add nikki bella and that's like six but the last chunk of this rumble i think was pretty strong and as you said before you use the word fun i had fun with this match at various points i questioned the eliminations i really don't understand because they didn't build many people at all to seem threatening Uh, so many people seemed on par with one another and just below people like Ronda and Charlotte, which I understand Ronda's Ronda and Charlotte is your champion. I I get that. That's fine. But it seemed like those two are like the top tier people. There's a tier below, which is everybody currently employed in WWE, and a tier below that, which is everybody not currently employed in WWE, which doesn't make for a very interesting match, because as you said, there were chunks in this match, which I'll come back to this point later. There were a couple of points in this match where it just felt like nothing was going on.
0: I will say also that... uh, One thing that I do have to give Ronda props for was... You know, she's been away for a while. She's four months out from having had a kid. Uh, So there was definitely some, some noticeable rust on her. But for someone coming four months off of having a kid and not being in the ring for two and a half years... She she did pretty good for herself, and I I think well we definitely have to wait to see her first match to see where that like lands. I'm I'm excited for it. I enjoyed Ronda Rousey. I think there is a valid concern with having Ronda on one show and potentially having Lesnar on another, or even if you put them both on the same show. Of you know you lose a lot of the mystique of who's going to win, what, when, how, where, why. And get stuck with some of the same faces on TV for a long time. But she's entertaining. shes I've always really enjoyed her time with the WWE. And, you know, if you can sign Ronda Rousey, you do, right? And then you do push her.
1: Yeah, of course. I think you have to. And as I said before, she has built-in feuds with a couple of people. And then there's a decent number of people she's never been in the ring before with. I I think that's fine. We also don't know the details. I don't think of how long she's coming back. Is she back through Mania? Is she back for a year and a half or what?
0: So what I've heard and, you know, I haven't heard any real confirmation. This is speculation from, I think, P Pro Wrestling. I forget. I forget. I can't even like source it because I don't remember but I know it's one of the places that I've seen that has been right more often than wrong um, is they have her for two years and the plan is to have her semi-regularly on TV and they want to do her and Charlotte this year and then they want to do her and Becky next year. If we make it to her and Becky next year, who knows? Plans uh change, so whatever. But, oh, man, it's her and Charlotte is a choice we'll get there we'll get there i keep i keep for for very obvious reasons i feel like i keep falling back to that but
1: but yeah because it's how this match ends right it ends with her and charlotte Mm -hmm. so you know ronda dumps charlotte ronda wins the rumble okay you have another interesting little stat of number 28 is now tied for the luckiest number because two women and one guy twice have one from number 28 which ties number 27 We'll get back to that point again
0: later. Yep. And then you also, okay, so if we're going, if we're going to talk about the ramifications of this and and what it means, you only a couple of months ago had an issue with one of these talents having an outburst on TV. You, the last time you had, I'm sorry, we have to mention it. That no, that was great. our, and you know what? It's kind of cool. This is a callback because that was our first episode. Our first episode was talking about that. You pick oh, that up yeah. right now. Yeah. Yes. yes. But oh, that
1: so terrible, terrible segment, a
0: terrible, terrible segment. So you have a talent who we know just kind of went into business for themselves. We know she's got an ego. We know there have been issues backstage to the point where other talent were glad Becky stood up to her because it's been a problem and then you have Rhonda who is well documented to have a very, very large uh, uh, oversized view of herself and very loudly expresses her expectations and spent a lot of time trying to, you know, get heat online by doing the wrestling is fake thing. And you're kind of setting yourself up for failure here, right? Not to mention, you now have the Ronda Rousey that people are kind of split on and have been for a while. And Charlotte Flair, who people don't want to see in the main event right now. And if we're just looking at it from a statistics point of view, Ronda's almost due for the crowd to turn on her, right? Like, wrestling fans are really fickle. And there's only so long anyone can stay in their good graces being treated the way Rhonda is treated in, in the company. And between that and what happens later in the night, that that without saying anything kind of creates a dividing line. It's it's bound to happen in the not not too distant future. I, I don't know how this goes in a it's, good way. You're
1: saying like they haven't turned on her already. I think there's a okay, decent number fair. of people the second she shows up are like, ugh, I don't want Ronda Rousey in my wrestling.
0: Sure, and, that's fair. The, the Ronda Rousey mega push is, is how I've seen it like well, said because online. It,
1: as you said, like if you sign Ronda Rousey, you, you push her. Like you're not going to have her in the mid card just like feuding with with random person. You're not going to team her up with Shayna Baszler and be like, oh, let's go be tag team champions. You're you're up there being like no ronda rousey is going to be the main event i would love to see that i would yeah
0: i would watch the fuck out of that That would get if they could consistently be like all right ronda rousey shana Baszler, are tag team champions they're going to be on tv every week i'm watching that show
1: yeah i mean hell just give them a title defense at every pay-per-view
0: yeah amazing
1: yeah let's go i'm so down for that and the rest of the division is just like clamoring for who can i partner with to find somebody to beat them
0: and it's a great story to tell but
1: I think that'd be great. It's not we're not, happening. yeah, we're
0: not fantasy booking here.
1: Exactly. That's not <laughs> happening. That's, that's the thing. So, like, yeah, I think there are people who are totally have turned on her already. I think that's still the minority, but I think that will become the majority very quickly because it's going to turn into all right, it's Rhonda. Rhonda beats everybody. LOL, Rhonda wins. And also, the match everybody wants isn't Rhonda versus Charlotte. It's Rhonda versus Becky. And if you're telling them, yeah, you'll get that match in a year, maybe. Why? Why? We waited two and a half years for her to come back. We had to wait a year for Becky to come back. And and I understand, like you have a child, of course. Like that's your your life, your prerogative. Congratulations do what you want to do in life. Certainly they've earned enough money to do so. But as a fan, you're looking at it and saying like, hey, the one-on-one match between Ronda and Becky, we were supposed to get that at Survivor Series. It didn't happen because of a potato to the face from Nia Jax. Then it doesn't happen at WrestleMania because they're like, oh, let's just throw Charlotte in there too. And so now it's two and a half years later and you're saying, oh, wait, one more. To maybe get that one-on-one match.
0: So that instead we can give you a match with somebody that you've been very vocal about not wanting to see continued to push in the main event all the time. And that we know has been causing problems.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's crazy to think about where it's like, take the three of them where you have Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte. And the one who is least egomaniacal of the three is the one whose gimmick right now is about her being kind of an egomaniac. And that's Becky. And the other two are, are problematic for their own reasons. I... <sighs> art imitating life, life imitating art, yada, yada, something, something. It's going to main event WrestleMania, isn't it?
0: Well, night one. Yeah. Regardless, all right. It happened. Ronda won. The, we've talked about some of the fun spots in this match. There were, there probably could have been a lot more they, they did that they didn't do. But fine. Okay, so then moving on to the next match is uh, Becky versus Dewdrop. God, I hate that name. Uh, Becky versus Dewdrop for the Women's Championship, the Raw Women's Championship. Yes. It, it was a match. The,
1: Smack, the SmackDown Women's Champion was in the Rumble.
0: Yes. It yeah. was a match. It happened. It had the ending everyone thought it would have.
1: Yeah, it was fine. It, it's a fine match. They both worked really hard. They got 13-ish minutes, something on like that. On the dot.
0: On the dot, 13 minutes. Okay. Yep.
1: Awesome. Yeah, all the non-Rumble matches had comparable amounts of time.
0: Second longest match of the non-Rumble match of the night. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, none of them went particularly short, and none of them went particularly long, which is exactly what you expect to have on a card like this. Yep. Uh it's a fine match. They're both great in the ring. They're two of the best in the ring in the company. Uh Becky whips out some offense that you wouldn't normally see from her because she has to, because her opponent is just ragdolling her at times. She whips out a go round of all things, which is pretty awesome. And wins with an avalanche uh manhandle slam.
0: Right. Yes. That's so, what they're calling it. Yep.
1: Yeah. I have to think about that for a second and remember. It. Okay. She slays the monster that she couldn't just beat, even though she's the one who got Set it up match. It's weird. Well Fine.
0: so it was it was Dewdrop, Liv Morgan, and Bianca Belair, right? Yes. And we know that she's doing kind of the heel ducking Bianca thing, right? Yeah. And then
1: also kind of live.
0: Right. Well, well, with Liv, it's, I mean, yes, she's ducking her, but she's doing it under the guise of being like, yeah, I'm done with you. Well, I don't want to deal with you again, right? So it became one of these two or, you know, that one. So I guess we'll take the other one.
1: Yeah. 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 Into the unknown. But she wins. Fine. This was, as we said before about, like, the filler rumble title match this was a filler rumble title match even if you put this match on before the women's rumble i don't think it changes anything i think everybody still looks at it as a foregone conclusion that Becky wins the only thing would have been maybe do drops in the rumble but that's it okay whatever
0: you know what though i wouldn't fault anyone for saying that they uh <clears throat> burned the house down
1: yeah, well, Becky has said that
0: since. <laughs> oh, has she? I yeah, missed that. That's great.
1: Yeah, she put it up on one of her stories, something like that. Just like you know, brought so much fire. Like I, the, <laughs> like no, I'm so hot, I set the house on fire or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, that
0: was that yeah. was insane. For those not in the know, um, they set the WrestleMania sign on fire and couldn't put it out for quite a while, and had to evacuate an entire section of seating during that match. Because it was just on fire, which is also why they didn't show it at all later in the night when we did the pointing at the WrestleMania sign and we didn't end the night with like Brock pointing at the WrestleMania sign with it in the background, which I'm sure we'll get plenty of in the months to come. But because it had been burned,
1: Well, we got it from Rhonda. Ron, I forgot to mention that Rhonda did her hilarious, very sideways yeah yeah point where she can't just point directly at it. She has to turn her entire body so you see her profile while she points.
0: Well, because because she wants to make sure it gets a good picture. Obviously, duh. Haven't you ever worked TV,
1: Joe? I'm gonna go cry in the corner now. Okay. If it doesn't need to be said, Ronda Rousey is uh, way more of a professional than I am. (laughs) Slightly more experienced, that one.
0: Slightly more experienced, still makes it so stiff. So stiff.
1: All right. So we got uh, match four, which is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Okay. I like this match too.
0: So so real quick, I'm just going to throw this out there. If I when I go online and I go on like Reddit or Twitter or Facebook or any of these places where people talk about wrestling, the amount of negativity around this match. I both completely understand it and it blows my mind. So I understand it because imagine if you are a weekly watcher of this programming and are committed and invested in these characters and these storylines, right? Here we are. With the precursor, clearly, to Roman Lesnar 8000. This story that we're doing again, that we've been doing off and on for the last five years now. That is just not what anyone wants. It's so frustrating because no matter what, we keep ending up back here at Lesnar Reigns. And it's not just them now. It's starting to infect other stories (laughs) and other people's careers. And so from that perspective, I totally get it. I found out recently that Lesnar was the uh, uh, favorite in Vegas um, for like a week now. And that a lot of people expected this to happen. Me as a guy who doesn't watch the programming and kind of pretends they don't exist, except it like when I do weekly clips and whatever was thrilled with how this went from beginning to end. I love that. I learned something new that Bobby Lashley doesn't know how to take a German suplex, which is really fucking weird, but this man, so it came out looking better for it in my opinion, because anytime that like a suplex comes out looking kind of grungy, I feel like it looks way better than when they take the full back bump, but either because he doesn't know how, or maybe he's worried he's too wide and he'll like elbow Lesnar in the face. And we all remember what happened the last time somebody hit Lesnar for real, but he keeps like throwing himself onto his shoulder instead of taking it on the back. <laughs> and it keeps happening the first time. All right. Maybe he wasn't ready. And then again, and then again, and Lesnar, when Lesnar does the three, the three suplexes, he German suplexes him and Lashley does it again. So he lands on his shoulder, but Lesnar's still holding on. So now Lashley is at this weird, like, brick dancing angle. And Lesnar has to break his grip to get back around him to then grab him again to go for the second one. And it's fantastic. But with that to the side, this match was kind of what we talked about wanting to see uh, last week. It was very entertaining. I'm so glad that the title's back on Lashley and that he can come out and be like, I did it. I beat Brock Lesnar. I told you he was ducking me. He was ducking me. We beat his ass. We can do it. The only thing I am disappointed about is we got almost no ringside action from Paul Heyman and MVP. That is like money to be made. And it's so unfortunate that there was not one time where they got in each other's faces. One time where they got loud. But halfway through the match, the ref gets knocked out. Well, near the end, actually, ref gets knocked out. And I go uh, uh, to my partner, I go, why isn't Paul Heyman, like, shaking him or kicking at him or trying to wake him up? Brock has the pin. This is literally his job, and he's done it a thousand times before. Well.
1: Yeah, so I agree with pretty much everything. I'm I'm not on the side of, oh, screw this. I know where we end up. I I know we're getting back to Brock and Roman. I know, I know all that, but this is the best Roman's ever been. Roman's the clear heel now. Brock is the actual babyface now, which is strange. This is so much about Paul Heyman versus the two guys, and that's why I like it because he's such a central piece of this story. And as you just said, like the the Lashley, Lashley champion again. The match between them was the solid hard hitting both of them throwing each other around hitting each other really hard power moves all of that stuff you know no selling things popping back up from suplexes and and spears and all that that's what you want from these two what I've wanted for and they've mostly given me for over a year now is make Bobby Lashley this monster because he's on that level he can do this you have a guy that you can book almost like you book Brock Lesnar but you just don't. And now they finally kind of are. And yeah, I I agree also with the MVP stuff. MVP did nothing in this match. Absolutely nothing. And that was strange. I get the Heyman stuff. I I get it. Like Heyman rarely gets involved in Brock Lesnar matches besides like just, you know, being loud.
0: Well, sure. But I'm not not talking about like them getting involved in the match. I meant more with each other, right? Because you got these two guys who...
1: The person to do that
0: yeah yeah just goad him right or or yeah. do something where where they get into that you know even just like heyman doing the squawking that he does and mvp being like man you shut the fuck up
1: exactly something yeah. like that yeah I, I wanted more out of mvp i wanted more out of both of them in this entire promo leading up to the match where i i wanted more of that these are the representatives for these title fight wrestlers athletes why aren't they out there selling this more and maybe getting in each other's faces more or something like that. I, we didn't get as much of that again, you know, the, the coming off of day one, you have less than a month to build this match. It's something that I think with more time, more investment, a longer feud, something like that would have been better, but that's besides the point. Now I'm very glad Bobby Lashley's champion again. He definitely deserves it. I'm a little, concerned this is just going to be he's champion till mania and then it, they pass it off to the next person but I don't know who that is yet I hope not
0: well the the problem that I have is and I was going to bring this up in a minute so Bobby's champion again and yeah I'm so happy I, I love where, what he's become and I love what they've leaned into with him it's great so the guy who I would really like to see him face Just decided, I guess, of his own accord, even though I didn't know that was something they could do, that he's a SmackDown guy again now. Big E.
1: Oh, yeah, he got traded to SmackDown.
0: Oh, is that what it was?
1: Yes. For who? New Day is back together. For who? I don't
2: don't
1: know. Bobby who? That's who.
0: My God. So frustrating because that's the match, right? And even if Bobby beats him, even if Big E... Like I have to assume at this point it's going to be the Khashoggi chamber, but whatever the setup is, how easy is it to get the crowd to explode? Having Biggie win the the preliminary matches to make his way into the Khashoggi chamber, win the Khashoggi chamber, and then go to WrestleMania. And just lose to Bobby Lashley, have the big meaty men slap and meat match, have them beat the hell out of each other, have them have them do whatever they're going to do. And then just have Lashley spear him and be done and then do your trade or wait for the draft or whatever you want to do. And then you've got something that's already a built in story needs another chapter because did we I don't know that we ever got like a clean match between the two of them in a place where it felt relevant. Nope. Never. right so it's it's right there it's everything you need to close the book on that chapter and move on and now we're just not
1: yeah because when it happened it was the cash in and then immediately after that if i'm remembering correctly we got bobby lashley versus goldberg and then biggie went off and we we had uh, biggie versus drew mcintyre they had a clean match that was good but we never got the full rematch and it seemed like that was going to be day one and then it wasn't, and then it just, you know, Brock happened, because Roman was out. So, oh no.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, I mean, Lashley's still a heel, right? So, I don't know what faces we have to establish on Raw to face him.
1: There are a couple that I would just throw out there briefly that I, I think could be guys to face him, but I don't know if they're the guys to beat him. Shoot. And one was uh, AJ Styles. Ooh. He's a babyface on Raw. I think there's enough that you can do in that matchup. There's some interesting like history with those two. You know, both outside of WWE. That's pretty cool. We can call that-
0: it. We can call it Impact now. We can say that. They've they've acknowledged it.
1: That's true. There is at (laughs) least a women's division in a company called Impact in another uh, another company. Yeah, it's possible. But the other is Edge. And I think that's a match that could happen, but I don't know if it will. And I I mean, for both of them, I still throw out the thing of even if they face him, I don't know if they beat him.
0: I don't think they beat him, but that's okay. I mean, you have the built-in like, story for Edge and Lashley of the Hurtlock, right? Yep. That's a really good one to tell. I'd, I'd watch that a spear.
1: story. You love, uh, well, not you love, but, like, they love doing the Spear versus Spear matches all the time.
0: I do not. I actually, I'm not opposed to doing finisher, like, same finisher matches. I'm very opposed to doing the Spear versus Spear. Um, Batista and Goldberg are a good example of
1: why. That's fair.
0: Uh, But, yeah, that that definitely is a a, a match I'd be down, I'd be interested in,
1: yeah. I'd be very surprised if those two names, unless they take time off or get traded or get locked in a feud with somebody else. In the chamber? uh, Yeah, if they're not in that or if they're not, like, in some storyline leading up to Mania. It's not where I want them to go. But I think that's one of them is where it is like I there's a match I very specifically want for AJ Styles at WrestleMania, which is I want him versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the intercontinental title at Mania. I just like butchered saying all of that, but like him versus Shinsuke for the IC title at Mania there. I said it properly this time. That's the match that I would love to see.
0: That would be great. Um, It always tickles me that Shinsuke is intercontinental champion here. For, you know, the historic reasons. Um, Nakamura Styles, you know, always has the potential to be a moneymaker. Hasn't really been up until now. I'd love to see them have another WrestleMania match. Uh, is So, Styles turned on Omos, right? Styles is the heel in that.
1: No, Styles is the baby face. Oh,
0: okay. So, they're both faces, which yes. makes it harder Because having the face come across brand to face the other face for a title is a weird dynamic in the WWE and they're both pretty new to the face turns
1: yes I don't think you turn them that's the thing I think it would be more of a a respect match of like hey here's a thing that just hasn't happened and I don't think AJ's ever been IC champion if I remember correctly
0: no I don't believe so
1: so you could always just play on the thing of like, hey, look, I've done pretty much everything I want to do in WWE. That's a title I've never won. You're a guy that knows what it's like to be a IC champion. Like, let me come in and, and try to beat you. And Shinsuke could just say, all right, cool, bring it on. And somewhere in this, eventually, like, you have to split Shinsuke and Rick Boogs because they obviously care a lot about Rick Boogs. So he's going to split. Maybe he's the guy that turns heel and everything. I don't know.
0: Oh, I um, hope not. Yeah. I'm not ready for them to be done.
1: I'm not either, but every time I feel that way, WWE's like, but we are, yeah. so e- bye. E-
0: Except for the Street Profits who have been wanting to break up for the last, like, two years.
1: Yeah, well, we're gonna get to them shortly, but...
0: yeah, uh, I think I think that would be a great match. I think, unfortunately, it's far more likely we see uh, Nakamura and Boogs versus uh, Happy Corbin and Buff Markiplier at the... Yep. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah so one more thing for the brock versus lashley match oh yeah we get the run in with roman roman costs brock lashley wins Heyman turns on brock and i mentioned this to you before it's unclear because they haven't laid this out yet but i think we're gonna get it this is either going to be this whole thing was a setup Heyman going back with Brock was a setup. As soon as the two of them got close to each other again, it was we cost him the title because he came back and he tried to interfere with the whole the the bloodline, right? Cool. Brock is gonna go away. I would have beaten him at day one anyway. Now he can come and chase me, and I'll just beat him properly anyway. All right, cool. The other way is Heyman actually did go back with Brock. Roman comes out and says, hey, Paul, I'm giving you a chance right now. Come back to the winning side. Heyman says, okay, because he's been with Roman for the past, what, 400 and some odd days, 500 days now, however long his title reign is. And he's part of that group now. So getting back in that fold means more to him than being with Brock. Yeah, Brock you the past, Roman's the future.
0: Yeah, and you did. You You brought that up with me earlier today. And at the time, I remember I was like, uh, well, you know, they could go either way. Either way is a valid story to tell. And I still feel like that's true. But the more that I've, I've been thinking about it uh, since I watched it and since we discussed it, it feels like it's going to probably be the latter. Uh, if you look at the last couple of weeks, because it's it's probably the one part of WWE programming I've been trying to follow pretty closely. If you look at the last like couple of weeks with uh Paul and, and Brock and Paul and and Roman and the way that it's been going, he's been so carefully non-committal about certain things. Like you had the whole thing where Brock after after Brock shows up and uh Paul's back with Brock and Brock starts shit talking Roman where Paul Heyman's like don't talk to him like that. Don't do that. And if we're looking at mastermind Paul Heyman and this whole thing was a setup, there's no reason for that. All that does is make Brock question the allegiances, which is not what we want. We want to set up this situation where Brock is confident and and in control, so then we can fuck him. This This doesn't feel like that, right? This feels like he... We know that the relationship with Brock and Paul is that they are, at least to a point, friendly, right? Paul is his advocate. Paul doesn't make his business decisions. Paul doesn't make his match decisions. Paul is here because they are close and he is able to discuss to the people what Brock is maybe not so great at saying. That's why I'm here. I'm here because I'm a better trumpet player than him. And because we're friends, I'm going to help him out. But with, with Roman, it's this incredibly different dynamic, which we you know they've talked about before on air, where it's, you know... With Brock Lesnar, I'm the advocate. Here, I'm counsel. He makes his decisions. I offer my advice. And whatever decision he makes, I will support. We're family. I've been I've been close with his family forever, and this and that. So yeah, I think it very much was one of these things where it's like, look, you know, even when you turned on me, you didn't really turn on me. You did what you thought was the best decision. And I understand that I only left you so much choice. Here's the opportunity. Give me the belt and let's go home. And that's what happened. And I think that's where it's going to go. Now, again, with the WWE being what it is and the way that they tell their stories, it could still go either way. But I'm inclined to say it's going to be that one.
1: I think it all depends on how much input Heyman has in it. And which I assume is a lot considering it's his role, he's done this for such a long time, he works with both of these guys so well I can't imagine anybody has more sway in the company right now than Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns so if he's the one who's talking to them to make their creative decisions and they come into a meeting and well hell if Brock comes into a meeting and says nah I ain't doing that he ain't doing that, it's not happening
0: yeah absolutely either way no matter what happens, I think that the upcoming Roman Lesnar match will probably be the most compelling that this these matches have ever been. So there's at least that upside to it, where at the end of the day, when, when all is said and done and whoever comes out on top comes out on top, this is one that we can probably invest in a little bit more emotionally than like... Roman is trying to be the hero and save us from Brock Lesnar, even though we don't really want Roman to be the hero, and uh, so badly so that we're not willing to accept him being the end of this miserable hellscape that has been the last year and a half title reign of Brock Lesnar. Uh, so, you know, there's there's some freshness and something you can, you can invest in here.
1: This feels like it would actually be a WrestleMania main event with a WrestleMania main event story compared to the last one, which felt like they could be on paper, but lacked the real build. So, at least that's how I see it.
0: No, I I agree. And that brings us to the mixed tag match, which... all right, so everyone did what they were supposed to do. This match was exactly what you would expect to see from a match like this. Uh, Mixed tag matches are bullshit. Just let them tie it up. Who cares? Uh, Dude.
1: Yeah. There's every time they do it, I don't understand. Because uh, AEW was guilty of this to a degree. Oh, yeah. uh, Baker and Cole versus Statlander and, and Orange Cassidy. And you have these moments in a tag match where you build to a hot tag. There is no hot tag in a mixed tag match. Nope. Because yeah. as soon as one person tags out, the other person doesn't need to tag anymore. The, the Their partner's legal.
0: It yeah, that was matters. exactly Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to bring up is if ever you're in a mixed tag match and you see the other person crawling to their corner, just lay the fuck down.
1: It just let them. Fuck it. Or, yeah, go ahead. Or if you want to stop them, go stop them. Don't try to tag. Yeah. It doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. This match is stupid. At least I will say that with AEWs, and this isn't really a defense of it because I hate when they do it too. But at least with AEWs, we did get to see a little bit of, like, intergender scrapping here and there, uh, which was, you know, pretty welcome, even though it mostly went one way. But...
1: You got it here, but it was only for, like, finishers.
0: Yeah. Uh, it it doesn't feel as relevant because of that, you know? Oh, agreed. Yeah. yeah.
1: My other point for this match is this match came on around 10.30-ish Eastern time, and there was still a rumble after it, which is going to go an hour. So this was one of those, oh man, we're going to be in for a four-hour show, aren't we? Okay, yeah, it's a four-hour show. I don't see any reason why this match couldn't take place on Raw, at the next pay-per-view, at WrestleMania even, if...
0: Okay, hang on. I can tell you exactly why it can't take place at the next pay-per-view, because if Maurice wore anything like she wore at the Royal Rumble at the Khashoggi Chamber, they would never make it home.
1: Very true. But there is another pay-per-view, right, between now and Mania.
0: Is there? I thought this was the last one.
1: There's almost always Fastlane. Oh,
0: right. I forgot about Fastlane.
1: And maybe there isn't this year. I'm sorry if I put that onto the world and they're like, oh, shit, we forgot about Fastlane. We have to do (laughs) Fastlane. No, please don't. That's it's
0: it. Really not that good. That's it, guys. If when this podcast is released, they don't have Fast Lane like announced or booked anywhere, and then it happens. This is what this is what he does. He does this. this. Power. Joe made yeah, WrestleMania probably. two nights. That was on him. He's the one who made WrestleMania a fucking weekend. You take that up with him, and if this happens, it's his fault.
1: And they didn't pay me a dime.
0: Nope. Send all the hate mail, all the, all the angry tweets. Just remember, it wasn't my fault.
1: Yes, you can find me at the Lion Knight 42. On- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that there is any reason, going back to where I started with this, that this match couldn't have taken place someplace else. You cut this match from the card, saving 15 minutes or so, whatever it was with the entrances and everything. Maurice and Beth are in the Women's Rumble. Edge and Miz are in the Men's Rumble. I don't know why you couldn't have done that. Because I can very easily find two ladies to take out of the Women's Rumble and put them in, and two guys to take out of the Men's Rumble and put them in. Very easily. I'm pretty
0: sure we already did that for the
1: Women's Rumble. For the Women's, yes. For the Men's, we're about to.
0: Exciting. Okay, so do you want to just move on?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't see any reason why not. let's, Let's do it. I said this to you. I think this rumble started very strong. I agree. And then it went so downhill. So downhill. Oh my goodness. Right? So much to my earlier thing, we get AJ and Shinsuke as one and two, which is awesome. That's an awesome number one and number two. We can go back over the years. There was one where CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were one and two that's an awesome start to a rumble because you can immediately look at both of those guys and be like, I want them to be there the entire match. Yep. Right. I want,
0: have everyone come the, out, get thrown over the top rope in like 10 seconds and let them go back to having a wrestling match.
1: Exactly. Like, like, I, I want the Shawn Michaels, British bulldog, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Give me these two the entire time. And then number three is Austin theory. Who's another guy. Who's like a dark horse pick for a lot of people of, you could see him not winning, but, being in this match for a long time. Sure. So you've got three good wrestlers out there. Number four, uh, Bob Rude. Rob, Robert Rude. Okay. Bobby Rude. So don't call him Bobby Roode,
0: the lower third was still Robert Rude, but Pat McAfee seemed to be pushing Bob Rude very hard. And so I don't know anymore.
1: Oh, well, also he either. Cause he was out in like 40 seconds or something.
0: That's fair. Also props to Pat McAfee. So, He was a guy who I really didn't like on commentary for a while, but every time I listen now, he's winning me over more and he made this rumble more, way more enjoyable
1: just by being
0: there. That was great. I
1: was so gassed when this match started and once AJ and Shinsuke come out at number one and two and he's dancing on the table with that energy level. I'm sitting there like, all right, all right. You got me back. I'm up. Let's go.
0: I popped for that. It was good.
1: Yeah. And contrary to where we were with but this point in the women's rumble i'm just going forward a little bit like number five ridge holland who i don't think has like a massive fan base or anything but you can see that they care about him you know he lasted a while i think he helped eliminate uh almost uh, i think that's his one elimination but like he was out there he's a big dude he's impressive looking he's got a storyline going with sheamus all that stuff cool So you've already got people to be invested in early, and that continues with number six is Montez Ford, who, man, I know you want to talk about the Street Profits. He's the breakout star waiting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Montez Ford has the potential for an incredible singles career ahead of him. And that's not taking anything away from Dawkins. They're a great team. They work really well together. But Montez Ford has all the pieces, and I need to see this man
1: as a heel, like yesterday i don't know about being a heel but what i know I'm, I'm not saying it couldn't happen but with his move set he oh man he, he's gonna pop the crowd every three seconds in a match
0: that's fair that's fair
1: he reminds me of and i'm whiffing on his name right now from AEW, the guy who's uh the kid who's feuding with team taz um, uh
0: dante martin
1: dante martin airwolf He reminds me so much of Dante Martin, where I, the two of them just are so athletic and can do so many different things. And, but yet we're on a tag team. And,
0: but Montez Ford has so much more charisma, which is a big deal.
1: He's definitely tripping with it. Definitely. I agree. He is somebody that as soon as he breaks off from that team, world decisions. he's gonna be like a, a mid-card champion very soon after i don't know what his ceiling is but oof, once he gets the following yeah it's there he has the following for the street profits as a team right now but once he gets it as a solo guy awesome
0: yeah
1: uh number eight sammy zane which uh, gets you followed.
0: skipped uh damien priest
1: oh well they did too that's man- hurtful i mean you're
0: right but it
1: is. And here's another thing that Damien Priest reminded me of this point. I always want to bring this point up. As somebody that doesn't follow the product that often anymore, what the hell happened to everybody's music?
0: Oh, okay. So I got you on this. Because this was something else I was going to bring up that got made very apparent in the Men's Rumble. Um, So the group that they were doing music with in the days when like Damien Priest was in NXT and the guys were coming up, they've cut ties with like they do every like seven or eight years. And so with new music staff coming in, everyone's theme has to change now. And unfortunately, holy fuck, like generic video game entrances everywhere.
1: I have no musical talent whatsoever. I cannot play any instruments. I, I know nothing. I am garbage when it comes to that. However, Having watched professional wrestling since uh, like the year 2000, I have grown so accustomed to hearing these amazing entrance tracks. And they're not all winners, some of them are duds, some but of them are bad. Some of them that have happened. been amazing, but some are so damn good. And you can tell because some are still sticking around. Like Drew McIntyre still has his theme yeah. from years ago, which is instantly recognizable. Uh, ray ripley instantly recognizable uh, obviously the the older theme songs like uh, shinsuke nakamura aj styles you know well they
0: brought back shinsuke's old theme
1: yes yes thankfully we, that's all that he needed to do for a baby face turn
0: okay sure yeah i was gonna say you say thankfully but that song is a fucking banger the oh the no the one they song was awesome too. yeah but but yes but, for being a face they need the crowd to be able to do yeah. do the thing with him
1: yeah Exactly, yeah, but to make him a babyface, that's what they needed to do. Yes. But, you know, you go back and you have, like, these theme songs, like, you know, that have been around for 20 years now, and they're not changing because it'd be stupid to change them. Some people, you it feels like you can tell they don't have stock in them because they changed their theme song, and it's to this generic-sounding, as you said, generic, like, background music from, like, a video game.
0: Ricochet is, is, I think, the worst offender oh. I, I could hear he had such an amazing theme. And like, it was bad enough when they took away all of the flair from his entrance with like the 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 laser lights and stuff. But that theme was so good. And now, if I closed my eyes and listened to it a hundred times, I couldn't tell you it was Ricochet.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't just this Rumble. It was the other one as well. But there's one song that I know from the current roster that I think has improved. And it's Bobby Lashley's. Oh, yeah. I think his current theme is amazing. I think it's awesome and perfectly representative of who he is.
0: I would add Roman Reigns' to that. I am actually fair, a fair. huge fan of, of Roman's, like, not shield anymore theme, the one he's using now. I, I think it's it's another one of those that perfectly encapsulates the character, who he is, who he wants to be, the the way it starts, and then the the way it drops. All of it is, like, perfect.
1: That's fair. I like his as well. I don't like it as much as Bobby Lashley's, but I I like his also, yes. I'm I'm
0: the exact inverse with the two of them. I love Lashley's too, but like Roman's for me is is definitely above it.
1: That's cool. But going through this, there were so many points in time where I feel like the crowd was like this too, where you could see them count down from 10, the buzzer hits, and if they don't recognize it, they all turn and look and just stay silent. Yep. And then the nameplate will come up and they'll be like, oh, oh, it's it's Ricochet. Oh, okay, I know who that is. Mm. Yay. But, man, I, what happened? Damien Priest is a perfect example of this, where his entrance happened, and I, for a second, did not know who was coming out.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I had the exact same response. Uh, and it's funny because it also kind of highlights something that Tony Khan was talking about a couple months ago, where, you know, he goes out of his way to try and get the licenses to a lot of this music because he really is a big believer in you need songs that will resonate with the crowd, that are representative of your talent, that people will be able to immediately connect to to the talent that's coming.
1: And it works for them, too, because they're not about having this video library where you're going back and watching things. So it's yeah. it's almost a pay-per-appearance thing for them where it's like, okay pay for it for the live show who cares if we have to edit it out of something later years down the line because we don't own the rights to it anymore whatever it doesn't matter whereas wwe is more about we have to own everything because it's going to sit there forever yep and that's the difference but you could still make these damn songs sound better
0: yeah absolutely there's no way
1: distinguishable from one another yeah there's no
0: way that you couldn't do better than a lot of these themes. come on
1: yeah yeah You need to, whoever you're paying to do this, you need to hire somebody else who's, like, a a DJ who can remix them. Oh, yeah.
0: A lot of them would be fine with, like, just some some polish. They don't need to be overhauled completely, but you got to do something. They feel like someone was like, all right, how many do we have to do? 150? All right, we can bang this out in, like, three afternoons. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Budget cuts but yeah well, right. you know so, the
0: mar- the margin of profit is so thin
1: yeah only a couple billion right but so we got to this from Damian Priest way off track from Damian Priest Damian Priest I think last year if it wasn't last year it was 2 years ago whenever he first came up uh, time is a flat circle it it's something where he came up and obviously he's not going to win the royal rumble match but he had a really impressive showing in the match And he lasted a while. I think he eliminated some people before he got chucked out by somebody who was an actual contender. Awesome. That's how you make somebody look strong in one of these matches. He looks so weak in this match. Yeah, Eliminates nobody. He's not in there a long period of time. He has this odd storyline going on with him where he cuts a promo earlier about how you know, there's the Damien side of him, and you don't want that to come out because that's when he gets super violent and gets himself disqualified, which you can't do in a Royal Rumble. But it didn't matter because it didn't happen in the Royal Rumble.
0: Nope. And who w- cares? Yeah, it's really strange to me because, uh, you know, I missed I missed the last one because day one, nope. But the last time that I saw Damien Priest on, like, WWE programming, he seemed like someone they had a lot of a lot of stock in he seemed like a guy they really wanted to to push and get over and then watching it tonight it feels like they just gave up on him is he still the u.s champion i don't remember okay he is
1: still the united states champion he had a winning streak going through survivor series where he faced shinsuke and got disqualified and lost so he still had a streak going where he never got pinned or submitted which i think has since ended on raw okay and I don't know to whom it ended. It doesn't really matter to me, but he has not dropped the U.S. title yet. I think I think he's another one where, like, if you're going to have a mid-card title match, like, much like I just said with AJ versus Shinsuke, I wouldn't mind seeing AJ Damien Priest for the U.S. title. Oh, in yeah, India. that'd be
0: dope. That'd be that'd really
1: be, good. be cool. Like, I think they could work a good match together, give them, like, 15 minutes, something like that. Be pretty cool. But he needs to find that next step for his character because just being an angry guy who goes out and gets himself disqualified every time it, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. And it's counterintuitive to winning in wrestling matches because his entire winning streak, he wasn't like this. So now he just suddenly is a guy who doesn't know how to win anymore. Like that's weird. All right. We went way off track here, but we're up to like the number eight, number nine section, which is like Sammy Zane, Johnny Knoxville. Which was mean, just the...
0: You mean Andy Kaufman?
1: Huh. It was, so, a, it was a cool homage.
0: I appreciated it.
1: It's it's fair. It's fair. I appreciate Johnny Knoxville. And he gave like a hell of a forearm to AJ.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. So it was... That whole exchange is really funny. Because he stiffs the fuck out of him. And AJ seemed kind of amused by it. And then AJ hits him with the flurry. And Knoxville stands there not knowing what the fuck to do, going ah 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 ah, and then he gets close lined and he's down. But he sells that first like shin kick, and then is just standing there doing nothing. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Uh,
1: uh, uh Please don't I, hit I me. Think, uh. I think partially he was like, "I'm Johnny Knoxville. Just let me take bumps. <laughs> I right? just like like I'm gonna hit you hard. Now you hit me." And AJ's like, "I'm not gonna punch you in the face, man. Like." whatever go down go down okay go down and he takes a bunch of hits and then sammy eliminates him okay yeah. right cool get that out of the way then we get dawkins comes out who oh, they mess up everything with him like they they still keep up the montez ford banner and everything and then uh, even michael call cole calls him angelo hawkins yeah, he does so he doesn't even know who it's like he doesn't know who he is which is just Oh, it's bad. It's a bad look. I, I worry because I know Montez is destined for greatness. I really worry for Dawkins' future once that team splits up.
0: Dawkins is entertaining to watch. He will most certainly be relegated to the mid-card jobber position until such a time as they go through another round of budget cuts.
1: Probably. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And then number eleven, and and this is an important one. This is uh, Omas. So Omas comes out. He's the monster of the match, for now. Cool. Eliminates the straight profits. Cool. So then he gets ganged up on, but and, and I know it's like later on, but he just gets ganged up on by everybody and gets eliminated. And it wasn't this big moment or anything. It was just look, the giant got ganged up on by everybody and eliminated. It wasn't the great Kali getting slain by The Undertaker. It wasn't the big show getting dumped out by The Rock. It wasn't, it felt more like when a bunch of guys would gang up to like dump out like Viscera or something, who is, okay, there's no chance Viscera's winning the Royal Rumble. Look, everyone eliminate him. Yay, okay, cool. And that was just such a whimper to me. It wasn't, that could have been this, this, Big moment for anybody who's still in the match. At at this point, like, I I know I skipped over like two or three people that are coming in next, which is Ricochet, Chad Gable, and Dominic Mysterio. So we could talk about them, but they were there to help eliminate uh, Omas. But none of them looked any better for it. It just felt like, oh, all the small guys teamed up and eliminated the big guy. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, it was. It was very unfortunate. Omos didn't look particularly great either, though, which is a problem. Having all these little guys eliminate him is fine, and I'm not saying it hurts him, but Omos has really, in my opinion, failed to capture the it factor that is necessary to be a giant in wrestling, you know, and even even like Kali had it at one point where I'm not going to argue he was ever very, like, good, especially by the time he got to WWE and his knees had been all fucked up and whatever, but there was still something where you would look at him and be like, that guy's going to fucking kill me. Omas doesn't come off that way. And he seems to, I don't really want to say clumsy, but I think that's what I have to go with. He just seems kind of clumsy in the ring and not like lumberingly. So just it, it's, it's hard to look at him and, and be like, Oh, that's a giant. Well, I believe he's a
1: giant, but like I the scary part to me in the in the
0: wrestling like sense, no, I mean
1: I understand. I understand. Like cause Kali, when he made his debut, they gave him that that almost smoke and mirrors win over the Undertaker, where he destroys the Undertaker, who's like at the world championship level at the time, who's beating other people. And now you have Omas who beats AJ in like one match. He just squashes AJ, which is It's fine because it's AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been a world champion and everything, but AJ Styles is not this physically intimidating Undertaker level talent. He's somebody that I believe could beat the Undertaker in a match, but he's somebody who does not look as physically intimidating as the Undertaker.
0: Oh, and his record isn't the same because if you look at it, the Undertaker is just beyond his physical intimidation. That's the guy to beat because they've built him that way his entire career. AJ Styles is just another main event guy. He might be one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he is by no means unstoppable or unbeatable.
1: Yeah, and when you have The Undertaker standing there with Kali, it's like, okay, he has to look up at Kali, but it's not like looking two feet up at Kali. It's looking a few inches up of The Undertaker is a giant, and he has to look up to this person because he's that big. AJ is not the biggest guy. AJ is not the tallest guy. AJ is just okay, he has to look up at Omas the same way he always has, the same way everybody else does because he's so freaking big. But it's not it, – it's comical for anybody, not just AJ. So it's not like he squashed somebody that was a real physical threat to him at his own level, and he's never had that because WWE doesn't have that right now. They don't have these people as baby giants running around. They're all budget-cutted.
0: Oh, yeah, I was going to say, well, we had a bunch of giants, but then they decided they only needed the one.
1: Exactly. So that, that happened. I don't know if you want to look into anybody. Like, you mentioned Ricochet already. Ricochet is, a, unfortunately, a, a flashy jobber right now. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, Chad Gable, tag team champion, good for him.
1: Yes, and he had the cool moment of coming in and, and playing ringleader of... I'm smarter than all of you. So this is how we'll beat the giant, which ended up getting Damien Priest eliminated, which makes Damien Priest look like an idiot. Okay. Yeah. But it eventually works. And Dominic Mysterio. Okay, fine. He had a a moderately good showing of just being in there and then gets eliminated. Okay, cool. The same with Chad Gable, the same with Ricochet. They're in there, they get eliminated. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. This is where it starts getting weird. Cause then we have happy Corbin and happy Corbin in a match where I think AJ and the winner have the most eliminations is like right behind them. I think he has three, which is crazy because this is Baron Corbin. This is a guy who's been around forever and just, where is this going?
0: Yeah. He's tied with Omos.
1: Right. Yeah. Where is this going?
0: Honestly, I can tell you where it's going. I know where it's going. It's going wherever the fuck they decide they want it to go next week. Oh I am, God. I look, I am, without even just, like, ragging on them, I am convinced that Baron Corbin continues to be a major player for them in the, like, upper mid-card division strictly because they go, man, these people fucking hate him. Oh, we're set. They'll never stop booing him. So we're just going to keep fucking pushing him. What are we going to do with him? I don't fucking know. Roll the dice on the day of. Who cares? But get him on TV because they'll fucking hate him. That's that's my theory on how Corbin has gotten to the spot where he is.
1: Which is fair. And I'll give him credit. Like His thing now with the Madcap Moss is more creative than the King Corbin thing or the, the Baron Corbin doing nothing thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll give them points for that, but I still don't see it as, oh, he's going to come in and the two of them are going to run through people in the Royal rumble. Like that's not his level. This feels like a comedy act, a comedy heel act, but yeah. a comedy act. So he's in, he doesn't immediately start eliminating people, but then let me get Dolph Ziggler. Who's just your annual I'm in the rumble to be in the rumble. Okay, cool. Who
0: is also a victim of bad music now. Because they took his music and Rude's music and then made something that keeps the concept from both, but is terrible.
1: Oh, Bobby Rude. Well, I'm sorry. Robert Rude. Bob Rude. Bob Rude. (laughs) Rude is the biggest victim of this because he had... He's the guy. He's the guy. Before Chris Jericho. Before... uh, No, not before Shinsuke, but definitely before Chris Jericho. He was the guy with lyrics... In his music that everybody would sing along to every single every time he came to the ring. Single time. Amazing. And they killed that. Yep. That's terrible. That it is terrible. So beyond terrible.
0: Yeah, and it's it's um it's crazy when you consider that like there was so much in like investment, not just from the company, but even from talent at the time. When uh, you think back to uh uh, the Tommaso Ciampa Johnny Gargano like video things where they'd be like playing his music and he'd just be in the background and they're just standing him and they're hoping really really hard that he'll acknowledge it and he'll just be like and go back to whatever he was doing and it's great just gone
1: yeah which, yes, as you said, the same applies to Dolph Ziggler. I'm a fan of giving them tag team music because it makes them feel like an actual tag team if that's what they're going to be doing. I support that move. But I, you took away two guys with instantly identifiable and over music, and then you got rid of it. That seems like such a waste. Uh, 17 is Sheamus, which is also when Rich Holland got eliminated, and you're playing up that whole thing of, oh no, mentor i let you down and okay um, cool, it's fine
0: rich holland cool. is from where i forget
1: in the world like what country? yeah yeah like what country no clue okay i want to say the U- i want to say the uk but i'm not 100 on that
0: that makes sense i just know he's not american because he played rugby
1: yes that's that's the you only don't thing know i know what that is here he is an English professional wrestler and former professional rugby league player. So, he English.
0: Okay. Because I was going to be like, I don't I don't know what he would use instead of Senpai, but that's that's what... Senpai, no.
1: Exactly. So, Sheamus goes in and it, he's just a body. He's got cred. But it's fine. Like, he's somebody that you can take seriously. I'll take him more seriously than Dolph Ziggler. Sure. But... I,
0: I mean, he's in there for 17 minutes and doesn't get an elimination, though.
1: Yeah, but I think that's where he is right now. I think that's his thing. Like, it's the same for Ziggler. Like, Ziggler, I don't think, eliminated anybody, and he was in there a while.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't... Okay, so Sheamus is probably in that spot now, too, and that's that's true. That's fair. But when I look at like guys like Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler, I don't look at them in the same place, right? Where Ziggler, 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 right? His His gimmick is always kind of an undercurrent of oh, hey, here I am, not getting pushed again. And Sheamus is supposed to be this, like, badass, right? What did they... The 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 whole, like, projector thing that they put up when he was coming out, I forget what it was. It was something to do with, like, fighting. Like, it's a whole thing for him. He's supposed to be a bruiser, and he just exists for a while and does almost yeah, nothing.
1: He, he's got, like, his own like, fight club thing going on. Which is cool. I, I appreciate it. Sheamus is somebody that... It hasn't always been an undercurrent, but he's evolved and changed over time, which is pretty cool. Sometimes it's jarring. Like the one time he came back with the mohawk and the braided beard and everything, it was a little like, oh, dude, what are you doing? But this one I think is pretty cool. It's a subtle thing. He can bring in Rich Holland with him, and maybe they turn it into something. At least I hope so.
0: Yeah, as long as we never go back to the OG candlestick look.
1: Oh, no, no, let's not do that. That was weird. Very weird. So off of that, we get Rick Boogs, who kind of has an impressive showing. This is his coming out party for Royal Rumble, and he's a big, powerful guy, muscles people around, military pressing people, throwing him over the top. Fine. Not much else to say, I don't think.
0: No, I mean, getting the elimination on Chad Gable is cool. Uh, you know, he gets one over on a tag team champion, which is a nice look. He had his moments where he looked like he could be more than just the ridiculous guy that he's been. Uh, and I, I think that goes back to what you said before about maybe he plays the heel in the Nakamura story eventually, wherever that ends up. But that's that's really all I think there is to say about that. And then we get to buff Markiplier.
1: Oh, yeah. And this is where it starts going downhill, right? Because you get Madcap Moss and Baron Corbin start eliminating some people. And notably, they toss AJ, who is the only guy who had been in there from that first 10 of the match. He's uh, the only guy, I think, who was left from before 15. So that's a notable thing, which means nobody is going the distance in this match. Nobody's going close to going the distance in this match. At least in the Women's Rumble, even after a good chunk of people got eliminated, Liv and Bianca were still, from the first 10, going close to the end, if not all the way to the end. So that's notable. And this is another strange one where I said to you before this, where there are multiple reasons why I think people soured on this show. And this is one of them. Because you kept taking away things people wanted to see. There were just so many moments in these rumbles where there's nothing going on you have a ring where after aj gets eliminated like running down the list who's in there who do they want to see like all the baby faces are gone or all the the big name baby faces are gone you know there's nobody left in there so you get to number 20 which is riddle which is awesome and riddle is very over and his act as RK bro with Orton is one of the best things to see that WWE is putting on TV right now. Legitimate guy. Awesome. Big fan of, of what Riddle can do, but he's not going to carry the Royal rumble as a baby face because nobody's going to look at Riddle and say, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like he's going to win. So we're supposed to root for riddle because there's enough smart people in that audience who are going to look at this and say, okay, that I'm just going to sit on my hands now because I'm a fan of riddle, but like he ain't winning this match.
0: Yeah. There's, there's really no, no rhyme or reason for that. Uh, The only thing I can, I can bring up is, and I was going to, I was going to talk about this at the end, but this is actually a really good place to discuss it because This is, I think, where it became most apparent that this is what happened. Uh, There's been reports since that there were, like, 20-something rewrites to the Royal Rumble on the day of. So, like, you're talking two, three hours before showtime where they're, like, rewriting everything over and over and over and over. So you've got these gaps that are just, A, situations that these guys haven't had time to prep together for. B, situations that shouldn't have come up, but because we had to rewrite it over and over and over again, fatigue happens, and you just lost the leads there and didn't know where people were supposed to go, were supposed to do. It, it was really bad, and I think that this is the exact moment where you can see that that's what happened and the impact of it. You have guys in the ring. You have, like you said, no one to really root for anymore. And the guys who are left in the ring are kind of aimless at this point. There's very little action happening that's worth, like, having the camera on. There's very little that I, as a person watching, am invested in. I don't care. And once I stop caring, it's really hard to bring that back. You have to do something huge. And Riddle, fun as he is, isn't going to be that guy. But then we get to 21.
1: Yeah, so 21 is the first time where he turns around, where Drew comes out. And he's somebody that a lot of people didn't think was going to be in the Rumble. You didn't know if he was going to make it back in time because he was legitimately out. Storyline out by uh, Corbin and, and Moss, who he eliminates near immediately. So, okay, fine, that's the payoff for, ah, you hate these guys for eliminating AJ. Bam, there they go. Okay, fine. Drew is the only guy in the ring now who looks like a legitimate person who could win the match. Okay. But he's a fan favorite. So we can carry through with that for a bit. Fine. Then we get Kevin Owens. Okay. Another guy who we're starting to ramp up again, starting to get people in there who are actually legitimate contenders. Maybe you give them a small percentage chance that Rey Mysterio 23. Fine. He's not going to win, but he's Rey Mysterio. Okay, he, he's earned this spot. He gets it, no problem. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You it's know, unfortunate he, he didn't get to share the ring with his son at all.
1: Very true, and I was surprised about that. Same. I Especially considering they keep teasing they're going to split up, mm-hmm. I would have figured a lock for something's going to happen, a miscommunication, maybe they both get eliminated, one eliminates the other, mm-hmm. one doesn't help the other, something yeah, like that. Something. But if you're saying they rewrote this so many times, those numbers could have been shuffled a ton so 24 is Kofi Kingston (sighs) man this is where it feels almost ominous where we're going Mm -hmm. because Kofi comes in and and almost immediately we get to have the Kofi Kingston spot of how is he going to save himself Kevin Owens launches him off the apron
0: no no off the top of the turnbuckle
1: off the top of the turnbuckle so really high up and he's Kofi's supposed to land probably, like, sternum, rib first. Into the
0: barricade.
1: The, yeah, over the barricade. So he'd be, like, almost completely bisected by it. Mm-hmm. And he would then do something to jump back to the ring, saving himself and not being eliminated. Unfortunately, the angle just wasn't right. He comes crashing down almost at armpit level. So there's no place for his legs to go, and both feet hit the floor. So the camera picks this up perfectly because it's supposed to, because if he made the save and didn't hit the floor, they would want to show you that. But unfortunately, everybody saw both feet hit the floor. The referee is right there, saw both feet hit the floor. Kofi Kingston's eliminated.
0: Yeah, and it was heartbreaking. He looked. So heartbroken. I feel so bad. But also, I got to say one thing about this. This was a dumb fucking idea. Look, I love, I love, it's true. I love Kofi. I love Kofi's spots. I love everything he does. He's so much fun and he's so entertaining and he does cool shit. I don't understand how not a single fucking person at any point was like, hey, maybe jumping literally as high as you can get off the top turnbuckle down to the barricade that you're then supposed to catch with your ribs is a good idea because even if this goes right, you could get fucking hurt. And if it goes wrong, you're, you're either getting hurt real bad or you're going to be out of this match. It was a bad spot and it boggled. That's why. uh And I, I brought this up to you where I was like, was this a bodge or is this just the way that they're keeping Kofi out of the rumble so people don't like get behind him. And like, it's crazy to me that they let this spot happen because there's so there's such a high chance of it going wrong. This was a bad. This was their their maybe their first time with these Kofi spots. The second time, there was a latter one a couple years ago that went off well, but might not have. But this was this was a, a huge risk, and it wasn't worth it at all. And like, sure the the downside is low from from the company's standpoint because if he if he gets eliminated, he gets eliminated, if he fucks up, he fucks up. Whatever, he's not winning anyway. But like goddamn. This was a bad decision and it didn't pay off and I feel so bad for him, but also no, what the fuck?
1: I I will say that it's amazing that this is the first one that went wrong. Yes. Because he's done this what, like close to 10 times now, and every single little one has gone off seemingly without a hitch. This is the one where it botches, he gets it wrong, he mistimes it or places it or whatever, or doesn't get the right angle. Okay. I agree with you. Like, it's dangerous. This is the first one in a while that seemed like really like, oh man, if you mess this up, you could get badly hurt. And that's something that I think speaks to the. The one-upsmanship that they keep doing with this of oh you did this amazing one now you gotta do it again you've kind of been pigeonholed into this role like you're not a rumble winner you're the guy that does the cool thing poke poke what's the next cool thing
0: it's something that you it's a term you and i know very well called power creep
1: oh yeah Yeah, definitely
0: you just got to keep scaling upwards if you're not out doing you're failing
1: yeah there was one year that his save was he got caught by, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember the Rosebuds with Adam Rose. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. So He would come out with like the party posse. Group,
0: yeah, yeah, I remember right? that. And one of his saves. Don't be a know. lemon,
1: be a Rosebud. Okay, you remember this better than I do. Though.
0: Oh, so well. I yeah. loved, I loved it. It was stupid and it was so much fun.
1: So one of his saves was he literally just, like, crowd surfed on the Rosebuds and got caught and put back in the ring, which I remember at the time people were like, oh, that was kind of lame compared to, like, landing on the announce table and, like, springboarding back to the ring or something like that, which, yeah, okay, fine, it was basically a, a glorified somebody caught you and put you back in the ring, which has been done by other people.
0: Sure. I dug that one though, just so it's out there. I thought that was a lot of
1: fair. And I'm not saying I didn't because again, the power creep of it, you have to come up with something different every year. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's so hard to do. And he's kind of been stuck in this situation now, which leads to moments like this of, will this work? I don't know. Let's try it and i can't imagine he had to practice that 75 times where he'd land on his ribs and just be like, "Well, you know, i did it 75 times in a row, so i guess i'll do it live." And then he does it live and it doesn't go right. Maybe that's what happened, maybe it isn't. If if it is, "Oh my god, are you okay?" Like, "How are you taking this bump perfectly fine every single time?" Yeah. Cuz it I, looks like it would hurt.
0: My my concern is that in true WWE fashion, It's going to happen again next year, this exact same spot, because they're going to want him to be able to hit it. Right. Like that's that's the moment. Right. Where it's like, bam, and he does it and he sticks it. It's like, ah, yeah. And it's like, but if he doesn't, if he fucks this up again and that's not that's maybe a harsh way to put it. But if it goes wrong again, he's dead in the water like it's 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 a done deal at that
1: point. Yeah, because everybody's going to be watching, waiting for the next one, right? Which, mm-hmm. which they were for this one, too. Sure. But
0: but now the stakes are way higher.
1: Yeah, because now it's going to be, oh man, can you actually do it? Even if it's not exactly this. Even it was, if it's something it's, it's else.
0: It's got to be similar, though.
1: Yeah, it's going to be something similar. Mm-hmm. And I either that or it, the almost worst thing of the, oh, you're no good to us anymore because mm-hmm. you can't yeah. do the one thing that we really wanted you to do. So you're just cut from everything now. Like, we're not even going to put you in the Rumble next year because, like, what's the point? Yeah. And that sucks. I wouldn't want to see that either. No, rather Just actually go back to just being a competitor who is an actual competitor versus the guy who does the Rumble spot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that happens, unfortunately, and kind of uh, puts a bit of a dour mood on what's going on because... entire crowd has picked it up and it's like uh, unfortunate you know kofi's eliminated so we get 25 and 25 is otis which cool i I know you're a fan of otis i'm a fan of otis i'm a fan of this tag team with him and gable i I like that combo i like both of them I, i really i'm really high on chad gable i want chad gable to succeed but otis is cool too and has been doing good things and they gave him the clean win on randy orton to win the tag titles which is wild yeah so they clearly see something in him but he's not exactly like setting the world on fire or setting the wrestlemania side on fire in this match
0: well because you know becky already did
1: exactly burn the house down
0: too many fires and they'll get shut down it's
1: not worth it so this is the moment we hit 26 and i've said this before 26 is the number where you have the, it's the latest number that has never won. Okay. It was Lita in the first match. She didn't win. Now we get Big E. Yeah. Who is your pick? Yeah. And not a great showing. Definitely not. Kind of in a word that has been thrown around a lot, unceremoniously tossed out.
0: Yeah. he, He had, what, six minutes, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, didn't eliminate anybody and gets chucked. I now granted, he probably would have been in there with Kofi. Maybe there was a plan for the two of them doing something together, and it just couldn't happen because Kofi's gone. So they said, screw it, just throw me out. You know, like, there's nothing to do. I don't know. I can't imagine he was exactly feeling pumped after seeing what happened with Kofi. That's got to take the wind out of your sails a little bit so not a good night for Big E although I do agree with you and I hope that with Bobby Lashley as the new WWE champion you'd have to think that Big E is at least one of the top three people to maybe have a shot at him soon
0: if he goes back to Rome
1: yeah that's true that's true I I hope it's not just look it's Big E and Kofi and they're going after the Usos for the tag titles again because as much as I love New Day and Usos, like, uh, the reason why we've had so many of those matches is because you refuse to build anybody else. Yep. Come on.
0: I will say the one thing that I found interesting was that Big E still came out to his music instead of the New Day music, which has yeah. me a little hopeful.
1: Yeah, I could hope so. Now... I almost want to skip 27 and 28 and just talk about 29 because it's the last person that I want to talk about in a very specific way. Okay. And then I'll go back.
0: Okay. As long as we can go back, because no, I, have some things, back. Okay, I have some things to say. I oh, don't mind no, if
1: I have things to say too.
0: I don't mind if you jump a little bit as long yeah. as we come so back.
1: We're going to jump to number 29 because 29 is the last person that I would consider a regular entrant in the Royal Rumble match. And that's Randy Orton. And this is his hometown show. So he gets a massive pop. And if you were going just off a crowd reaction, Randy Orton should have won this Royal Rumble. I understand hometown pop. I get it. But I think Randy Orton still gets a very solid pop at number 29 coming into just about any Royal Rumble these days. Oh especially,
0: yeah, especially with what he's been doing with Riddle.
1: Yes. And man, they are they looked so good in the ring together throwing people around, jumping RKO's, just good stuff. Absolutely good stuff. I almost want to call this like a career resurgence for Randy Orton, even though he never really went anywhere. And before this was a WWE champion.
0: Okay. So I still think it's a perfectly fair statement to make because he was sure WWE champion, but he was the least interesting part of that storyline. And is notably, just over the last few years, that guy who doesn't move the needle, right? He's always safe, he's always smart, you can put him with anyone, and the other guy might work to get stuff over, but for the most part, Orton has been kind of a neutral place. And so it's understandable to call this this uh, spot here, where he exists with Riddle now, as like a career resurgence, because it is... People are excited to see Randy Orton again. And it's been a while since that's been true.
1: It's new and it's different. Having him in a tag team where, okay, Orton's always going to be the straight guy. Sure. But he feels so, if he feels like he's embracing this role in a way he hasn't embraced a new role in a long time.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of, so the dynamic between them reminds me a lot of the Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens dynamic.
1: Yes, definitely definitely and it's great it's great to see that so i just wanted to skip to that because I, I we're gonna have a lot of very interesting things to say about 27 28 and 30 and not as much else to say about randy orton i don't think past this point so let's go back to 27 27 27 is an interesting one okay and i don't so, hate this one.
0: so yeah i was gonna say before we say anything else about it I want to put it out there that crouchy, grumpy fuck that I've been. I was actually pretty happy to see this.
1: This one. was fun. So we yes. got Bad Bunny in his second wrestling match ever. Yeah. Who had a hell of a performance last year at WrestleMania. Like, this dude can go. Yeah. Yup. He puts in the work, he puts in the effort, he doesn't care. He'll take bumps. He will fly around. He will sell. He, he's good. Yeah. He's doing good. He's a fan. Who, he commits. Yeah, he has taken it seriously. And that's what you want to see. Because we've seen so many celebrities over the years come in and they, they just want to do one spot and then get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Get a paycheck. Promote whatever they're promoting. And they don't want to be there otherwise. No, he wants to be there. He's having a good time. And you can tell.
0: Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's really hard to, to watch him and not just feel good about it.
1: Exactly, and he got to team up with Rey Mysterio for a minute. That was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I I have to imagine he's a big Rey Mysterio fan, and it influences a whole bunch of the moves that he's doing. He whips out a, a Canadian destroyer, a destroyer, not so Canadian destroyer. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that was some awesome stuff. And another big part about it for this is he didn't come in and automatically take away from the match. He felt like he was a part of the match, not celebrity involvement, and
0: because everything. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Because everything didn't stop, right? Like that's the thing that happens. You saw it with like Knoxville earlier, where the celebrity comes in and everything stops and has to revolve around them. He ran out. He got in the ring. He got his shots in. He took a couple bumps, and everything
1: kept moving. Yeah, he became another body, which is exactly what's supposed to happen. And then we get to twenty eight. Oh man, this is where I looked at the time and I looked at what number it was, and after everything with Kofi and considering what was coming, like I was fairly confident I knew what was coming. Okay, so once Big E got tossed, I looked and I said, "There's only Drew left."
2: Mm -hmm.
1: he's the only person in this ring who can win this match because Kevin Owens also got tossed. So looking in, I'm like, they're either pulling something out of left field or number 30 is winning.
0: Wait, number 30? I thought you were talking about number 28. Oh, no, no, no. Best in the world.
1: I'm getting back to 28. Oh, okay. Because when when the music hits for 28, it's what's left because i know randy orton's still coming right so orton is orton becomes 29 so orton is either 29 or 30 right Sure. because you got riddle right there he's a reminder unless something happened they pulled randy orton from this match randy orton's in this match and if they pull randy orton from the match in his hometown Oh. oh man that's not a good idea no so 28 is shane mcmahon
0: the best in the world
1: oh my god
0: okay So I'm just going to put this out there and then you can say whatever you'd like, but I'm not going to comment because I can't, or I will just be going for the next 30 minutes. So Shane McMahon eliminates Kevin Owens. If we get another God fucking damn Kevin Owens, Shane motherfucking McMahon package story, anything, I am not going to watch this product. For a good five years, I can't fucking handle another 10 month Shane McMahon Kevin Owens storyline in my life. I can't do it, Joe. I can't fucking do it. I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. Nope. No. Fuck no. Nope.
1: So I sincerely hope we don't get that either. I'm I think this is one of the big reasons why people are so pissed, because you get to a point in this match where it feels like you're you're grasping at straws to find somebody to put in the match because you've budget cutted so many people out of the company. And much like what I said before of, you could have had uh, the mixed tag match on another show and then just or or hell, even if you didn't. You could have put Miz and Edge in this match. This could be a spot where Edge comes out, and you look and you say, "Okay, he's a guy who could potentially win this match."
0: Or you could bring up uh, any of the the babies from NXT that you want to get some exposure. Oh yeah, the generic uh, uh, player character guy, Lovagna. Von Wagner. You could bring up fucking uh, uh, not a Nazi anymore. You could bring up. Fucking just do Brawda. Tommaso Champa. He has nothing to
1: lose. Champa, Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. Braker. Put uh,
0: these guys in and have them. Well, okay. Yes. So I'm I'm purposely not mentioning Braun Breaker because of number number thirty, right? Well, and the fair. and the way that things happen when number thirty comes out, right? That's but agreed. like literally anyone else will not suffer from this. Just yes. do it and be done with it.
1: There is no reason at all you would put Shane McMahon in this match nope. over anyone anybody else. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's even Seth Rollins, which I understand Seth Rollins got destroyed earlier, but you it's been like three and a half hours you could put Seth Rollins back out there. Yep.
0: Have him hobble his ass out and get yeah, wrecked. I don't try. care. Cesaro.
1: Yeah, Cesaro not in the, the match. The guy who
0: wasn't there.
1: Yeah, there are plenty of people who were not in the match. Again, nobody from NXT in either Rumble.
0: Don't forget, you also had your King of the Ring, who you could have put in this spot.
1: Yeah, I have to believe Woods wasn't ready. I I have to believe that that's the case, even though I think he did just come back on SmackDown. But regardless of that, like I'll point out the funny thing of... Last week we made our picks and then three out of four of our picks weren't even in the matches, which is fine. But again, we didn't know that uh, Rhonda was coming back. Otherwise we both probably would have picked Rhonda. Um, And you know, you don't know that the person who's on TV every week in Alexa bliss is not going to be in the match because why wouldn't she, especially when again, you've got 13 people from outside the company the match so fine fine so again uh 29 was orton i'm just gonna skip over shane for now even more because it's just it's all gonna be negative it's all that he comes in with his shane mcmahon punches the worst work punches in the business (sighs) there's not much else to say so then we we get the the countdown of 10 right and it's for number 30 and there's there's nobody left there's the only person in the ring who could win the match is Drew McIntyre.
0: Okay, but we do. Right. Like, we yeah. can, look, with all due respect, we can build suspense and we can make this dramatic. Yeah. But, like, two hours ago, I think at this point, an hour ago. Easily. We yeah. knew.
1: Oh, no. 100%. Because there's no reason why you wouldn't have the title match right before the Rumble. There's no reason why you have every single person who would be in this spot already in the Mm ring or eliminated, or, you know, they're not coming. So number 30 is Brock Lesnar. And I I wrote his name down in the 30 spot before he came out. And of course, why
0: wouldn't it be Brock Lesnar? It's not like they have a story ongoing that they could use to put him into a main event spot with Roman Reigns, there's no reason he would otherwise be going after Roman Reigns or have any reason to do that. And it's not like they've had other people jump from show to show before or explained that Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar and has carte-fucking-blanche to go and do what he wants. Because we have none of those things, clearly he has to win the Royal Rumble, Joe.
1: Yeah. I I don't know what else to say to that. Although my favorite part of this was uh, Riddle's face as soon as Lesnar's music hits and comes out where Riddle finally has that moment of, Oh my God. They said it wasn't going to happen, but it happened. I get to be in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Yes. And then he probably gets eliminated,
0: but see that was the sleeper pick though we fucked up because we should have been banking on Riddle to win so he could have challenged Brock.
1: That's true. Although I think part of me knows that that match is just not coming. Oh,
0: there's no way it's ever going to happen. As far as we know, Brock wants nothing to do with him. He doesn't give a fuck about him. It's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. He wanted enough to eliminate him, but that's pretty much it. And so, yeah, Brock Lesnar goes on to win the match. Although, although, it pains me to say it. Your final three was Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, and Shane McMahon.
0: Shane, well, because he's the, you know what? Nope, I said I was done. I'm not going to keep going.
1: I'm not. Nah, nah. Okay, so Shane gets eliminated, thankfully. Oh, my God. Imagine if he was the final two. Yeah, I think people would hate it even more. But we get to the final two, and it's Drew and Brock. Which is fine. That that's a good final two, considering everything. Where they have history, they yeah. have rumble They've, history, they yeah. have main event of WrestleMania history. Like, uh, this is good. This is a good final two. It there really wasn't much to it though. Like there was no like little match having back and forth. This was just punch move. Brock throws you out. Okay, that, that and Brock wins. Yay! Let's go home. And this is another reason why I throw out the whole, like, man, I wish the mixed tag were cut for time because then you could have had a little bit more between Rhonda and Charlotte and a little bit more between Brock and Drew to at least build some type of suspense here where maybe Drew is going to win. Maybe Drew versus Roman is where they go. Maybe Drew versus Bobby Lashley is where they go, right? Like he's a guy who could jump and that would make sense, but no, that's not what happened. And you get the winner. And it didn't feel satisfying. Didn't feel like it. I also do want to point out, because I noticed this, last year, uh, Edge won from number one, and Bianca won from number three, I think. So you had two really early people, but also the the, la- the first person and the third person from the front. And then this year you had the, in the men's number 30 wins and then number 28 for the ladies wins. So you have the last person and then the third from the end. Yeah. So whoever is looking at these numbers, it's just like, yeah, we'll do it this way. It's fine. But also number 30 is now on that list of having the, the same number as number one. Yep. <laughs> so we got a number one last year. We got a number thirty this year. So
0: well, we got to we got to yeah. keep it even.
1: Yeah, whenever you get one, they're gonna give you the other because they don't want to re-record that soundbite of number thirty is the same number as number one. Yeah, because by the numbers, they do it every year.
0: Did they do it this year? I don't even remember them doing it this year.
1: They definitely did, but I tune out for it so many times now. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I know they did because they replayed the whole Titus O'Neil slip.
0: Oh, right, right. Okay, you're right because of course they did. Because they
1: have to. Yeah,
0: I think that's a legal thing now. They legally have to play yeah. it at
1: every room. They have to show you Santino getting eliminated in one second, mm-hmm. and then they have to show you Titus not even making it to the ring. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that was that was the Royal Rumble, and it's crazy how bland and boring it was from start to finish really there were cool moments but again most of them are marred by unfortunate conclusions uh overly expected endings or the continuations of stories that people don't want
1: Um, and and what we talked about last week was how some of the best royal rumbles have like that three-act structure and these both of them didn't yep completely devoid yeah they had moments in them where one person carried a bit of a story but besides that nothing there was no big overarching thing there was no oh we're gonna build with this guy or something like there was no quest for AJ Styles they weren't hyping it up of AJ's still in there he's number one it was just okay he's AJ Styles and then he gets thrown out and okay number one's gone all right on to the next one guys Yes, yeah, the- once once a certain number of people got eliminated. Like I think once Drew came in or something like that. Like either when Dolph Ziggler went out or Sheamus or somebody in the or or Moss and uh, and Corbin, all of those guys went out, and every single person before Riddle, who was number twenty, was eliminated. So nobody from the first two thirds of the match made it to the final group. So you, you're you essentially saying that they didn't matter. Yeah. You know, they had no shot.
0: It's the same problem I had with the ladder match um, with Sammy and Cody is you have to have a plot. You have to have something going on so that people care. And the Royal Rumble is another one of those things where you have to have plot. And you can't just have one plot. You have to have a bunch of stories that, that are interwoven through this. And there were couple here or there but most of the time it was just like we talked about some of the earliest rumbles it was a bunch of people in the ring getting their shit in and that was it and that's not interesting it's not fun it's not engaging it's really unfortunate but this this was a misfire
1: definitely which is a shame because as I said last week I'm excited for the Rumble. I'm excited for it every year. I'll be excited for the one next year. Oh, yeah. Because it's the Royal Rumble. These matches always have so much potential to be incredibly entertaining. Sometimes the most entertaining of any match for the entire year. Just because you don't know what's coming next. You don't know what's going to happen. These, once you hit a certain point, felt like foregone conclusions. And it wasn't... Even because I'll I'll walk that back a little bit, just because there are other Royal Rumbles that have been foregone conclusions going into them of it's definitely this person they're going to win. It's just a matter of time, but they still entertain you until you get to that point. There's still moments and little story threads of, okay, this person didn't win, but man, did they look good. Yeah. I I wonder what they're going to do next.
0: Yeah. I mean, we talked about the, the first Brock Lesnar Royal Rumble win, And that's a good example of that where it's like, okay, so we all kind of know exactly where this is going well before the match begins, but there's content in the match. There are other things that were relevant and that mattered and, and that made it interesting while we waited for the inevitable Brock Lesnar wins.
1: Batista was one of the final guys in that match. And that was 2003, a good two years before he became the animal Batista who was, a big name that everybody knew this was before he was in evolution I believe I think that was later on in that year so it it was a good showing for him and that's something that you get in certain rumbles I don't know who going up and down this list I'd look and say oh they had a really good showing because like okay AJ Styles had a good showing but it's AJ Styles he didn't need to have a good showing at a Royal Rumble for me to look and say he's AJ Styles right like Damian Priest, I talked about last year saying, okay, Damian Priest had a good showing. Yay. I think they have faith in him. I want to see what he's going to do next. Damian Priest just looked like a guy in this Rumble. He was just a person out there. And I almost skipped over him and wouldn't have missed him to go back.
0: Yeah. And it's the Rumble is just just to, you know, build off what you said. It's it's kind of the w ball in a lot of ways, right? It's where they present you with the guy here are the guys you should pay attention to for the next 12 months. Here are the guys that, that are going to matter moving forward. And like you said, they didn't really build anyone this year. No one no one really got, got over from this.
1: Not even a little.
0: If we keep going, we're probably gonna just start getting cyclical and it's not worth it at that point. Uh so I think what we're gonna do is closing faults, and then we'll we'll probably wrap
1: up this episode. This is one of those weird rumbles where I would say watch like the title matches over the rumbles, because I think they were better. Uh, Look at it on paper. It's fine. If you have nothing else to watch, cool. You could throw them on and you might be like, Oh, Hey, I remember that moment when so-and-so came out. Okay, fine. But you, there are better rumbles. There are better recent rumbles. There are better old rumbles. I don't think this is the worst by any means, but it's by no means the best.
0: I respect that. I I don't watch this Rumble. If you haven't yet, don't. Even with the quality of work you saw with like Roman and Seth, even with some of the the stuff that we enjoyed and talked positively about with uh, Lashley and Lesnar and in the midst of the Women's Rumble and stuff like that, I just don't think it's worth your time. You 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 said it yourself. There are better Rumbles. There are better non-Rumble Rumble matches. There are so many other pieces of content right now that you could go out and watch. I just flat out would not suggest this rumble to anyone. You'll get all the information you need for ongoing stories next week because it's the format they use and kind of just how wrestling works. But oof. Just a big a big miss on something that shouldn't have been missed. And my expectations were low and they still managed to somehow just Blow them out of the water.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question really okay. quickly because I, I think we could do this. Keep going for it. I'll forget eventually, and that's when it'll die, but it's fine. Uh-oh. This is their second pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. Day one was better than this.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Now, <laughs> not by leaps and bounds. Not by a lot, quick. but yeah, it yeah, was better. But day one was better. Yeah. So day one is their number one right now. The Royal Rumble, unfortunately, is their number two right oh, now. Are we going to do this? I'm cool to this. I'm going to try to remember every single time. Okay, let's do
0: it. So the next one up is the Khashoggi chamber, and we'll have to see what uh, happens then. The, the
1: shit show in Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, blood money brawl in the cage. Yep. Oh um, man, I, I'm gonna have to work for next week to find out a good way to rhyme "cage" with something that uh is a stand-in for propaganda. It's gonna be tough, but I'll see what I can do.
1: Racking my brain, and I got nothing. It's, I'm too it's tired right tough, now. Tough, yeah. Alright. That was a four hour show. It wore me out. I'm burned out from wrestling right now.
0: Yeah, yep. I would already be asleep because it
1: drained me of my will to continue on. Oh my god, I just thought of this. If Rhonda's gonna face Charlotte, who the hell is facing Becky? That's a fantastic fucking question. I guess it's just Bianca again, but fine, yes. like that feels like such a eh move. I'm fine with that i I kind of
0: half expected it, and like i i I don't think it's a bad thing bianca potentially getting her like retribution or even if she loses getting the ability to like
1: have a match instead of just that's fair uh, shit it just it feels like such a you could, you could have Rhonda versus Becky or something else, uh-huh, yeah, what you but, wanted
0: uh it's the I want uh, uh, the best possible WWE Raw Women's title match. And then your mom's like, we have the best possible Raw Women's title match at home.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) All right. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Sit Down. Thank you for joining me, Joe. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully next week we'll have more positive things to say about many, many things. Until then, take
2: care.